or something. Oh, called. no. Uh, Sticky. Can this, I mean, will this guy hear it? Maybe. I hope so. Okay. Just making sure. All right. The band is back together. Uh, are we on the internet? We're, we're on <laughs> the, so. we're on the internet. Yeah. Yee! There. See, that's the call that there you make. <laughs> you guys got that picture. I, I bought that machine for us. To that's fix right. The crank and everything. That's a more modern one. Yeah. I'm going to move it today. So I'll help you guys out or I'll help Andrew out. Cause I know you don't, you know, do any of that. So yeah. I, that's not his department. Yeah, yeah, I used to do stuff like that, but that thing's like eleven thousand pounds. We have um like a sends out the thing signal. to wheel it. Oh, like cart? Yes, a cart. <laughs> Shows you how much labor we've done. We can't even say dolly. Right? Yeah, it's got it's got four wheels and it, uh, yeah. it moves heavy things. Yeah. Makes it easier. That'll work. Yeah, right. Cart. cart. And we were just kind of rapping here a little bit about uh, our boy Michael Michael Hearn oh, Michael Tren. Oh. That guy's got to be on some SARMs, right? No, no. I believe in Mike. Oh, yeah, sure you do. I yeah, believe you're living in the Mike. same goddamn life. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my well, God. All you guys got to stick together. You and John Cena and him are all having a big party behind the scenes, all, I'm sure. They all hang out and talk about cycles. Like, or, we got him, bro. Yeah. <laughs> they think I eat pizza all the time. <laughs> hey, man, he's always been big. I can't, you know, I can't dispute it. That's true. Yeah, maybe he takes creatine. Yeah, I take <laughs> creatine. <gasps> Everyone should take creatine. Maybe he's natty. Maybe it's creatine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure, but he looks amazing, whatever the case is. And he's trying to get down to 220. And so I've been, I've been helping him with that. And I was confused because he was like, yeah, I wanted, you know, to drop to 220. And I thought he meant like, he wanted just to like weigh 220, like kind of uh, get that, get to that weight and be that weight for a little while. And I was like, I don't know how that's going to work. Because, you know, like percentage wise, if he's like, I've seen when he gets in really good shape and he'll be still like 240, maybe even sometimes as heavy as 250 and still be super lean. So I'm mm-hmm. like mathematically, you know, what the hell is going to happen to this guy? He's going to like lose everything He'll lose muscle and lose fat and lose water. And I don't know how it'll be 220. But then he was like, no, nah, I just want to like, I, I don't mind, mind if I do, you know, water manipulation to weigh 220. And I was like, yeah. oh, I was like, oh, okay, that's, well, that's different because Maybe we could do cardio and sauna and like getting all these weird tricks that George Lockhart did with me and maybe we can get him to 220. Oh yeah. He could probably go from like 230, 232 down to 220 without a problem if he just cuts water. Yeah. You guys know how to do all that. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's still right now, he's still kind of holding like 240, but he's doing two hours of cardio every day. But he's really tall though. He is tall. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And that's the thing too. It's like, you know, his, his body weight stuff is kind of deceiving you know so that is a factor and Seema's fairly tall too i think i think you're uh maybe an inch or two taller than me at least right yeah and then uh you're probably close to the same height as mike if he might have an inch on you or so um and that's another factor you know when you think about some of these people that we see on the internet and think about how big they are and you hear the body weight that they weigh like and Seema's a heavy guy you know i i'm i'm a fairly heavy guy mike is is Sometimes he'll weigh like 280. His uh, kind of like quote unquote normal weight will be like 280 uh, if he's just kind of eating, mm-hmm. not not like eating whatever he wants. He never does that. Um, he never just like, well, he eats what he wants, but he uh, eats very healthy. You he sometimes know? backs off the cardio too, right? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times he won't do any cardio for months on end. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, a really key thing to learn from him, and there's a great thing to learn from bodybuilding too, is bodybuilders aren't on the same diet year round 
You know, they're not doing. And the guy that was on the podcast yesterday, he mentioned seasons, having like a season. And you don't really hear that. You don't hear that being coached up that much, but you should have like an in-season, an off-season, maybe even if you're just a regular person walking around. Maybe it's a good idea to go through a bulking phase, go through a cutting phase, and have moments where you do cardio, have moments where you eat less, and have moments where you don't do that shit. Mm -hmm. And definitely, like, there's going to be times of, like, more and less activity. Like, when you're saying that there's times that Mike drops his cardio, uh, I could definitely see, you know, there being a time where, you know, instead of doing six, seven sessions of jujitsu a week, I'll drop down to four. And one of the big reasons I've been able to stay so lean right now is because I'm doing so much jujitsu. If I wasn't doing as much as I am right now, I wouldn't be as lean as I am because mm -hmm. I don't do any other cardio outside of that. So when you said he does two hours of cardio a day, like I, I can't imagine just, I don't know if he just does it on a bike or a treadmill, but um, I can't imagine doing that. It's a lot of cardio. He, he does, um, a lot of times he'll do, uh, he, he's big on the stair, stair climber, stair mm. master deal. And then he's also big on treadmill. So I think yeah. he kind of goes, I think he mixes it up because two, two hours on, on a, a stair master would really kill you, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. he probably does a half an hour of, of, of the stair stepper. So I know like even for a long time, when I first got to know him, he, he was doing that, um, on, you know, an hour just every morning. Like it was like the, mm -hmm. you know, he just, I, and I can't remember. I think he did it after workouts. I think now he splits it up. He's got some stuff at his house yeah. that he, uh, that he'll, he'll do it on, but he just has crazy discipline and, um, people want to take that away and they want to just say, oh, you know, he's on shit. And it's, um, it's hard because he outwardly promotes that he's natural. Mm -hmm. And, and so he may, he may actually very well be natural. I don't, I don't know his uh, personal life that way. I, I do know him really well and I've known him for over 20 years, but I don't know what he does and doesn't do. Yeah. Um, and it's just, you know, it's, but st either way, whether, even if he does take stuff, I mean, whenever he's had anybody go train with him, he almost kicks everyone's ass all the time. I can't really remember or recall there being a time where I was like, oh my God, that guy just whooped up on him. He kills everybody he works yeah. out with. Like you said, you know, like when you watch him lift, it's like everything is controlled. Even when it comes to lifting super heavy loads, he's not over here clanging and banging and just slamming weights around without any control. He, he has a lot of control when he does that, which is absolutely insane. <laughs> the other day he, when he posted this video right here, he said, am I doing these deadlifts right? <laughs> Wait, is he? How much weight is that? It's like four plates, I think. Yeah. Might even be five. And that was like a reverse grip. Yeah, double overhand. Yeah, overhand grip, no straps, no uh, no hook grip. Yeah, one thing I remember when uh, when we were down in Venice, you and your brother both were just like, man, you've you've kind of uh, you've gotten by without any any bumps or bruises. It's like we've we all have something. We all are dealing with something. Mm -hmm. It's like you haven't had anything. You know, it's just like the longevity of this guy. He literally hasn't been injured, and he's fifty years old. Right. Right. So. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's insane. You know, and you know what that what I would attribute that to is his mindset. Because if you ask Mike if he's ever been hurt, he'll say, "Well, you know, um, he's like I've had some owies." He calls it an owie. You know <laughs> what I mean? That's, that's just that's just O'Hearn. <laughs> that's, that's, just, that's an O'Hearn thing, right there. Like, he goes, it, he goes. I've had I've had a lot of owies. You know, a lot <laughs> of things that you know. And it's like, well, with that kind of mindset, of course you've never been hurt because he's not thinking, oh, man, my elbow is really jacked up or my shoulder, man, I really tore it up. It's, yeah. it's all screwed up. You know, he's not thinking I got to take a couple of weeks off. He's thinking it's a boo-boo. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, what do you do with a booboo? You put a Band-Aid on it. And so his Band-Aid is to do different exercises. Exactly. I brought uh, Ryan down there, Ryan Soper down there with me one day as like a ringer because uh, mm-hmm. Mike just wasn't at his strongest. And, and we squatted the week before. And um, he and I were going back and forth on some squats. He still kicked my ass. Uh, he went up to like six plates or maybe it was five plates. He did five plates for some reps and stuff. And they mm-hmm. were deep squats and stuff. Still impressive. And then uh, Ryan Soper was, was uh, he just got done with a meet or was getting ready for a meet. So I was like, oh, this would be kind of cool, like if they work out together. Yeah. Mike uh, looks Ryan up and down. This is at four in the morning. And he looks him up and down, and we're, we're hanging out by the squat rack. And Mike goes, let's go leg press. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike, Mike knew this was, yeah. Yeah, Mike knew this was a selectorized uh, ringer that we were going to bring into the bunch here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. But that's, that's a lot of weight that they have stacked up on that thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We were leg pressing uh, that day. We shot over to the leg press and loaded that thing up. And, and Mike wanted you to bring the weight all the way down to mm-hmm. the bottom of, of the, uh, of the, like where it, where it goes to on the leg press. And man, it was, uh, it was brutal. But Ryan hung in there and Brian did the same weight or Ryan did the same weight, but he, uh, he did less reps. I think Mike did like a set of 15 or something. And Ryan got like a set of three or something like that. Yeah. Still for, you yeah. know, Oh, man, for Ryan to keep up with him, yeah, it's at all. so dope. No, yeah. if you can if you can catch Mike on anything, then you achieve something. And Mike will go through a whole back workout, and then he'll you know he'll do. Um, we went through a whole chest workout, chest tricep workout, mm-hmm. and then he finished the workout off with doing dips. And he did you know set of ten, another set of ten, another set of ten. And he's like, all right, time to like start working out. And he 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 uh, you know hangs like a. I don't know, a couple 45s off his waist, like three forty fives, and does a few more sets of 10. Yeah. Never misses reps. Form's never bad. Never misses meals. You know, he said that he tributes a lot of things to like, he doesn't, you know, he'll fast and think he'll mess with different techniques and stuff. But anytime he has a scheduled meal, he doesn't miss it. He always eats it. He, yeah. he, and he's been doing that since he was, you know, pretty much 14, 15 years old. It's like two twenty at 16. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just the thing to pay attention from Mike is again, like (laughs) people are going to laugh at this, but like Mike is goals for like when I'm like 50, you know what I mean? Because you don't see first off what everyone talks about sarcopenia, you know, and men they're like, Oh, we're going to lose a lot of muscle as you get older. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's bound to happen. And you were just saying the other day, you just don't think he believes that. Like he just, he, he doesn't believe Mm -hmm. that. I feel like he's potentially stronger now than when he was in his thirties. Do you know, or I would, I, I would say that I would say that in a lot of ways he is stronger because yeah. like he's probably more well-rounded now. Mm-hmm. He's definitely in better shape. Mm-hmm. I mean, he looks better. I mean, you go back and look at some of the older pictures of him. Yeah. And uh, he's just not nearly in the shape that he's in now. So he's more well-rounded in terms of his physique and he has more strength in some different areas. Now, he used to be able to bench more and he used to be able to like squat more mm. and he used to be able to like deadlift more. But that's that's pretty one dimensional, right? Yeah. That's, that's like one particular style of lifting. That's powerlifting, mm-hmm. And he loves powerlifting, but to be able to get on a, um, to a seated, uh, military press and do behind the neck presses with like three plates. And then to be able to go over the incline bench and be able to press five plates and be able to lay down on a flat bench and reverse grip five plates and, and so on. Right. It's just yeah. the list of things it just goes on and on. He's just absolutely, um, it's amazing what he's done, but it's, it's all been through consistency, I guess is kind of the main point. And Mike does something better than a lot of, than a lot of, um, he does something better than, than what most people are able to do. And that's just to, 
change goals, shift gears here and there and have times where he's like, you know what, I'm just going to get as big as I can. And he'll get, for him, he'll get fat. And so, <laughs> you know, while, while we're looking at him, we're still thinking he's like big and lean. For him, he would still feel fat. So it yeah. wouldn't be any different than any of us that, anyone who's listening to this show or any of us uh, on this podcast today, it wouldn't be any different than any of us chubbing out and gaining 15 pounds of, uh, maybe gaining, I don't know, 10 pounds of muscle and 10 pounds of fat. We would yeah. still feel like we're kind of chubbing out too, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, But he has the discipline and the dedication to understand that that is for something further down the road. That's for something in the future. And that takes a lot of guts to do that. That's not an easy thing to do. It's not, especially in an industry like this where, you know, everyone wants you to be super lean all the time. I think the biggest thing to take away from him though, is that like, no matter what you may think of him, whether you think he's like natural, whether you think he's not just look at what he does, like look at his consistency. Like you mentioned, look at his discipline, look at how long he's been doing it. And he's had patience doing all of this. He's just been consistently doing it day in and day out without skipping a day. Even Stan Efferding, like when he made that video, like fuck Mike O'Hearn, right? He was talking about the consistency and the dedication to what he does. It's just like, no matter what you think, take that away and apply that to yourself. And with whatever it is you're doing, you'll get to a pretty decent place. So according to this post, it says that's him at 21 years old. Yeah. And that muscle maturity <laughs> at 21, uh, that's absolutely insane. Okay. <laughs> and then also the size, you know, like what yeah. he weighs right there. That's the thing. It's like, that would be one thing if he weighed 220, 210, mm-hmm. but he's probably 250 or 240, you know? <laughs> so 236 right there on the oh, screen. There you go. Think yeah. about this though. 236 at 21 right now, what? He, he pretty much looks close to the same. Yeah. More density and muscle mm-hmm. tissue, but it's not like... You know, it's not like he's that much bigger. Right. Yeah. Stan Efferding uh, attributes Mike O'Hearn with the worst before and after picture of all time. Because <laughs> there's pictures of Mike O'Hearn at like 16 where he's like weighs 240 and he's pretty jacked. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Stan's like he's got the worst progression in the history of uh, the sport. Yeah. Man. I think what Encima said about, you know, the his mindset, he probably actually truly does not believe that, you know, as he gets older, he's going to deteriorate. Because, yeah. I mean, there hopefully it's. I don't think I brought it up, but there, there has been studies where like they they'll take a group of like elderly people and we're like, hey, we're gonna pretend like it was thirty, forty years ago. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and so like they change like the TV shows on the TV, all in like magazines, newspapers. It's like we just want you to reminisce and talk about everything that happened forty years ago, mm-hmm. and like their their blood markers got better. Like they walked in with like canes and stuff, and then by the time they were done, they're playing like flag football. Yeah, and it was just like, whoa, what happened? It's like. Just their, they took their mind there. So I think that's that probably has a lot to do with O'Hearn. Mm-hmm. Think about all the noises that you start to make as you get older just to get up off the couch. You're like, you know, and like, you're like, I remember my dad doing that. Like, why am I doing that? Like, yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't need to make a grunt to get off the couch. You right. know, it's like, am I losing my mind here? But it's, <laughs> yeah, it seeps, it seeps into your system and you don't even realize, uh, you know, what a bitch you turn into. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> but Mike is, he's super positive and, um, you know, he'll, when you train with him, he'll make fun of you and he'll, he'll talk a lot of trash and stuff, but he's, um, he'll avoid the negativity. You know, if you, if you say something that's like, you know, over the top, I've seen him kind of just kind of turn away from it. I, I think that he just, he has like a force field around it. He's like, I, I, I can't, I can't mess with that. That's going to mess up what I, my goals and I'm not exactly, going to yeah. be part of that. Yeah. No, you, he, it, it just makes a lot of sense, you know, with, with everything that he's doing, even like. I've mentioned this on episodes in the past too, you know, in times where like you can't really lift as much, you don't feel as good. Um, 
I think for a lot of people too, like when you're not, you know, doing something that allows you to be super active and you're not, I guess, being like the way that Mike is consistent with that, then there allows a lot of dark thoughts can come in. Mm. A lot of disbelief in whatever it is that you're doing can come in. Um, and that would, I believe right now with the way my mind is, if I wasn't able to do some of the things I do, I can't be as positive as I typically am. And if you imagine like he's been doing that all his life, mm. it makes sense why he blocks that stuff off. You just, you're not going to take him off his path. It's going to take a lot to do that. You know, people are listening and like, come on, you, you really think he's natural? You know, I, I know people are always kind of asking that question. That's that's what always hovers. Uh, that's what always looms over top of. I mean, I can say that I've never seen anybody that looks like that that hasn't been in question. Yeah. You know, and I've never seen anybody like that that I didn't pretty much automatically assume they're on stuff. So even though he's my friend and even though we're close and even though we know each other, I automatically assume he, he takes them. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't take away anything that the guy's ever done. He's still put in a body of work that is, uh, pretty much unmatched by anybody else. Yeah. And there's really not much anyone can, anyone can do about that, regardless of whether you think he's on something or not on something. And it's hard to say that as a friend, cause it's like, why would I think a friend would be lying? You know, but I think that people maybe have their reasons. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you guys, I mean, you guys <laughs> joked about the, uh, the whole back and forth thing, but. You, on I think both his channel and our channel, you guys talk about how you were just joking the, mm. the whole time, and it kind of just oh yeah got whole thing, spun yeah. out of control. Yeah. But it was cool that you guys did that because I think a lot of people were like, "Wait, like is that real? Is that not real?" <laughs> yeah. Like anytime, like the two of you would show up at an expo, like you could just kind of like see people like eyeballing, looking around, like are they gonna like what's yeah, gonna happen? Some tension here. Yeah. Yeah. Reddit had a good time with that one. I saw. I bet. Like, you know, Reddit had a blast with that. <laughs> they were taking that seriously crazy well mike also has done a lot of martial arts and stuff too so i don't, I don't know what the hell would be coming out of his body you know and i don't know what the hell he would be doing that's yeah. fine it you probably wouldn't be good yeah <laughs> probably wouldn't yeah. end well for me you have an encima now so that's you're true. okay i'd be like get him and then yeah who Both knows what mike and i would choke you out <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah one guy rips my ankle off and the other guy chokes me out yeah yeah you'll be oh, fine man. Anyway, he's trying to get to 220, and he's got like two more days to do it. I think he's still like 236 or something, but he'll he'll get there. We'll get him there. We got him. We got him doing some water manipulation stuff, and we'll uh, we'll kind of see what happens. Anyway, you know, I kind of mentioned kind of in the mix of, of some of that, you know, changing goals. And then Seema and I were talking about how you got to, you know, you, you change goals. Like you you do something for a while, you you throw your hat into it, you you try it out, and even like there are cases where sometimes you do something and it just, it doesn't work out the way that you thought or doesn't work out the way that you wanted. And you may have even somewhat failed at it. It didn't, mm. didn't just go your way. And then of course you're going to automatically change course from there, but that's not even what we're talking about. It's more like you try something out for a while, you get some of the result out of it that you wanted, and then you move away from it and maybe try something else. Or <clears throat> you kind of see how difficult something is. You get some of the reward out of it and you're like, the price that it's going to cost to go this extra mile um, is now going to take three times the amount of time since I've already since I've already come a long way. To go one more mile is going to take me, um, you know, four or five years, and mm -hmm. I don't know if I really care to spend that amount of time on that. I'd rather kind of move into something else. The other thing that happens too is just sometimes just you we have adhd with our like exercise and with the things that we like to do and so sometimes you're like oh, i want to try that yeah. oh that looks cool i want to try that and so you try some different things and 
we were talking specifically about Encima, you know, going from bodybuilding to powerlifting and then into um <clears throat> and into jujitsu. And it's not like it's not like you did bodybuilding and you felt like, oh man, like that's as far as I could ever take that. I'm I'm out. And it's not like you were a failure at it. You were good at it and you could still be very good at it. Mm-hmm. But you probably just wanted something a little different. Maybe you got a little bored of some of the dieting and you uh ended up kind of finding powerlifting. How do you how did you kind of get into that progression of going from bodybuilding into powerlifting? Yeah. So I started doing like when I was focusing on bodybuilding and lifting for bodybuilding, I was already doing a lot of the big three already in terms of, in terms of gaining strength so I could get bigger. So um, I competed in 2013 and 2015, and I managed to get to Worlds in 15. I was a pro at that point already. Um, and I got top five in the heavyweights, which was really, really dope at my first, you know, hitting for Worlds the first time. After that, I came to ST, and then obviously training with everyone here got me wanting to, you know, compete in powerlifting. So I was still doing powerlifting to just help me get bigger because I knew that if I could get stronger, I could ideally put on more muscle tissue. Um, and then from there, I did, uh, I did, you know, record breakers, and that was awesome. But after record breakers for a while, uh, I, was, I was training, and it was still cool, but I was like, I want to move more. I want to do something that allows me to use my body, and I was trying to figure out what exactly is it that I could figure out, and then that's when I found jujitsu. But, you know, I still have, like, the love of lifting. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like a lot of people, are, or even myself at the time when I was focusing on bodybuilding, I think I was focused too much on bodybuilding rather than just enjoying the process of lifting every single day. And right now I just love lifting and doing different things every single day with lifting. But when it comes to the transition between all of those, um, it, it was just, it, it kind of went back to my athletic background of playing soccer. You know what I mean? I was moving a lot and I wasn't able to do all of that while doing powerlifting and while doing bodybuilding, but jujitsu allowed me to literally mix everything together uh, while not really having to totally pull something back. Like I don't have to stop doing powerlifting. Mm-hmm. I don't have to stop doing or training like bodybuilding, but I can still do all of that and use my body in the way I want to use it with jujitsu. So it was just a, it was a natural progression, I guess. I think it's cool that you didn't get stuck, you know, like a lot of people get stuck. Like you could, you know, you squatted, um, you know, around 630 pounds and deadlifted 755. And he's like, you could have said, okay, that's it, you know, and, and you think you missed a 402 bench. Yeah. <laughs> you, you could have said, you know what, that, you know, I could do better because the the lifts that you did make in that meet, you smashed them. They mm-hmm. were fairly easy from what I remember. So you could have, you know, most power lifters would be like, okay, 650 next meet or 660 on the squat, you know, 420 bench and a, uh, you know, maybe an 800-pound pull. And you could have gotten, I got stuck in that, you get stuck in the gears of the grinder, you know, and then you're, Again, it's like it may have taken you um, just a few months to really make a lot of great progress in powerlifting because maybe maybe you powerlifted before and you did strength training and you mentioned you did the big three, but maybe you didn't do it this way and maybe you didn't do it, you know, with uh, some other lifters. Yeah, focus. You didn't make it a main focus and have other lifters around that might tell you about your form or different weight, different training techniques and so on. But I think that sometimes it can end up being a mistake when you get so focused in and so honed in on 
the numbers and that's all you're obsessed about all the time. You also came across like an injury or two, right? With like your, your knee. Uh, so some things like set you back and maybe yeah. those things set you on a different path as well. Right. Yeah. The, uh, the meniscus issue in my left knee. I mean, I've always had issues with my knee since I, I was young and I had Osh could slaughter that thing. So I had a meniscus issue. I had to get surgery on my left knee for them to scrape out. I think it was a, something called a bucket handle tear in my meniscus. So they scraped that out. Um, I was back to lifting in about seven or eight weeks. I was able to do upper body stuff right afterwards. But um, like nowadays, I always feel something small in my knee when I squat really heavy. Um, and I, I don't think that's what made me look for jujitsu. I, th- I, was, I was already trying to think of something to do like that allow me to do some fun cardio before that. So that's how I came across jujitsu there. Um, but yeah, when, when as far as jujitsu is concerned... Like when I went into my first class and I saw like what people were doing, I immediately just wanted to dive in somehow. I only started like with two days a week, but seeing how I was getting my, I was getting my butt beat, like literally every day of training by guys so much smaller than me. Um, I knew something that I could they really. They were tapping you out? They were tapping me out. Like, yeah, they were tapping me out. How much they out. weigh? I mean, I always mentioned this, but there was this 150 pound black belt who tapped me out six times in six minutes. I was getting tapped out by some small. He must have. And he must have been loved it. Oh, he, he right? didn't show he loved it. His name's Nate and he's super stoic. So the whole time he literally had no expression on his face. He, he wasn't, you know, he was just like, he oh, was he's just a black belt. Me. Yeah. He should, yeah. he should kill you. Your yeah. white belt. And not only your white belt, it's like your first couple weeks there. Yeah. yeah. Should destroy you. I, I no, you're right. <laughs> but I think Nate also wanted to, uh, he wanted to prove a point to me. He really did. Cause I, I mean, I didn't, I never had an ego or anything, but when someone sees a big guy, you know, they, and they're yeah. better at jujitsu, they generally want to like, be like. I can kick your ass. Yeah, they want to show you, hey, like it doesn't really matter how big and strong you are. This is a skill. It's a yeah, and, and, it and really you're is. and if you're coming into here, then and you want to be here for the long haul, you better learn it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, this is what every day is going to feel like and look like. Exactly. <laughs> and but the thing is, when I started jujitsu, like I I have that same fire with jujitsu now that I did when I was competing in bodybuilding, when I was competing in powerlifting. It's like. Uh, and when I was like playing soccer, like when I played soccer in college, my goal was to go towards and, you know, become a pro athlete. And for a while, that was a possibility until I got injured <laughs> and then I got injured. I had to stop doing that. Um, but now jujitsu, it's like uh, I'm addicted to that sport. I don't I know I want to get s- close to the top. I know I want to reach that peak. I know it's going to take a long time, but it's a new goal. And I want to do all of that while being really strong and really big. I want to try and meld all those things together. And right now it's working pretty well. In the heavyweight class, is there there's is there a limit? Ultra heavyweight, uh, <laughs> the ultra heavyweights are just two twenty and above. Just yeah, two twenty and above. Oh, and so that's and that's what you're in, and you can weigh whatever you want. You can weigh like three twenty. The guy who uh, beat me at Pans, Jason Shirley, was three twenty, former NFL linebacker. Um, and the funny thing is, I think I was the second or third lightest in my weight class mm-hmm. at like two forty five. All the other guys were like pretty dang heavy, so. You know, it's, there's a lot of big boys in the ultra heavyweight class. Where do you think the, uh, like you can draw the line? Like, where does it become like a diminishing return? Like, you know, if somebody's rolling in their 450, obviously like <laughs> if they're 450 and seven but, feet, like, you know, yeah. that's the thing. Like, I, I don't think there's a diminishing return because if you look at Jason, who's like six, seven, 320, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes sense for him to hold that much weight. He could probably get to 300, but like, you know, it, it just depends on how big you are, how tall you are. You know, so what does Chad weigh? He's probably 300. 300. Yeah. Chad's a, three, he lost he's a lot of weight. But. Yeah. He's a solid 300 too. You know what yeah. I mean? And mm-hmm. he's, he can move well. He's athletic. So 
Um, it was funny when I was when I saw Chad over at Pans. We were Chad talking Wesley afterwards. Smith, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. That's <laughs> who we're talking about. <laughs> Chad Wesley Smith. Um, he was saying that uh, he's done so much competition in so many other sports, but nothing made him as uh, I don't even. It wasn't it wasn't nervous, but as psyched up as competing in jujitsu did. And it's probably just because of the person to person competition you have. Like this guy could take me out. You know what I mean? It's uh, yeah, it's a martial art. So. Yeah, there's uh, there's been people I've written about stuff like this in the past. There's a book called uh, Blood in the Cage. Um, oh man, I'm having a trouble trouble remembering the name of the. It will come to me at some point. Anyway, Blood in the Cage talks about how all sport is surrounded by individual. They'll call. They'll even call them. They'll say individual battles. And if we want to take like battle, we can say like individual fight. You know, in, in football, there's, you know, five offensive and five defensive linemen, basically, most of the time, um, depending on what defenses or whatever. But, like, for mm-hmm. the most part, there's four or five on, on every play. And um, there's individual fights going on. You know, they got the tackle and the guard and the, and so on. And they're, they're like, fighting each other, right? The, the, the interesting part about that is, is, like, there's nothing more exciting than watching uh, – a one-on-one competition of two people battling each other and pe- two people having an actual, mm. actual physical uh, fight where there's like less rules. You know, football there's a lot of rules, so it starts to get a little confusing. Now, the things are fun, but it's like um, it's almost like you're putting a mask on on what we're designed to do because now now we got a ball and you're trying to claim territory and you can look in history and like history the wars are fought over territories and wars are fought over like principles and i'm going to invade your space and I, right and we, we take fighting it's kind of the similar thing like we're yeah. we're going to try to stand our ground right here and we're going to battle it out right here and we're going to see who's the best mm-hmm. and it's very clear cut it's not it's not a um and i guess like racing and stuff like that would be similar like where you run against somebody or swim against somebody or or bicycle against somebody or something yeah. like that it's like I'm going against you, and we're going to see who's the fastest. And in this case, you're you're going against somebody, and you're you're seeing who is. Uh, and we don't really get that same competition in powerlifting. We don't really see it that often. But powerlifting is an individual sport. But unfortunately, like it, it's it's on the rare occasion where it happens, where it's like really a battle at the end, where it comes down to that last deadlift for somebody to uh, win the meet. Um, or where it really is even seen as like a one-on-one competition because there's so many other people competing. Mm-hmm. In this case, you got one person on one side of the mat and another person on the other side of the mat. It's very clear cut. In Blood in the Cage, they mentioned that, you know, you can have an NFL football game going on. Millions and millions of dollars uh, uh, are spent on the players that are on the field. There's 11 on each side. There's 22 players, and you stack up the amount of money that that would be. It would be astronomical. Two guys could be in the crowd and have a fight, and now where's where does all the attention go? Yeah. Now you could probably say the same thing at a UFC fight. If there's a fight in a crowd, people are going <laughs> to pay attention to the amateurs because uh, it, it's it's the unknown that we're that we're that we kind of like to see, like what's going to happen when these two people square off. Mm-hmm. But that's a little bit more barbaric and a little bit more archaic. And yeah. it's like, well, if one guy if one guy's bigger and stronger, he's probably just going to kill the other guy. Or if somebody's really skilled, they're going to just destroy the other guy. Yeah. And it kind of takes out the real element of uh of sport you know and and mma has come so far 
where now you hear the crowd cheering for mm-hmm. like jujitsu reversals and wrestling reversals and stuff. And, you know, Joe Rogan, a lot of these people have done a great job of explaining the sport to people so they can understand it. Pat Militich, there you go. That's who it is. Blood in yeah. the cage. Yeah. Pat Militich, one of the original people to like actually form together mixed martial arts. Uh, really uh, crazy. The guy that wrote this book, when he goes to Pat Militich's gym, I think in Iowa, mm-hmm. could, could be butchering some of this, but when he goes to his gym, they invite him into the ring. They say, hey, get in the ring. And the guy's like, okay. This is just a journalist, not a, yeah. not a fighter or anything. And they're like, we're going to break your nose. And he's like, what? Oh, shit. He's like, yeah. He's like, that's, you know, you're in my gym. That's what we're going to do. We're going to break yeah. your nose. He's like, no, nah, man. Like, I don't, I don't want my nose broken. They're like, we don't care what you want. Like, uh-huh. you want to write about this sport. You need to know about this sport. Pretty much everyone in here, in here has been clocked in the nose or had mm-hmm. their nose broken. He's like, that's what we're going to do. And I don't remember the outcome of it. I think the guy just got out of the ring and they let him off the hook. But I would have crapped myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to break your face, buddy. Yeah, like, because yeah. you need to experience this shit. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, uh, Ashley, for pointing out the, uh, the author of that one. The mm-hmm. listener on the live stream hooked it up. Nice. Yeah. But you know, the thing about like setting up goals in terms of whatever your fitness journey is, and that the cool thing about powerlifting is this, it's, I think that it's one of the more healthy ways in terms of competition um, and in terms of getting yourself towards your, your, your physical goal to have a goal to compete. Because when somebody thinks about, I've been like approached in the past many times where someone's like, I want to get in shape. I want to do a show, Right. But sometimes doing the show isn't actually like getting stage lean or doing a show isn't really that healthy. And a lot of times you'll see first time competitors rebound and they rebound hard. Like they'll get lean and they'll, they'll get in shape. And then when they start getting all that weight back, they gain a lot of fat back. Mm. Uh, but when, when you do powerlifting, you can get leaner and get you can get stronger over time. And then it'll give you a goal in terms of I have to do this competition. It'll it'll give you something to drive yourself towards. You know, that's why I think powerlifting is kind of special in that case, because, yeah, even if you're not always competing against somebody else or sometimes you are competing against someone in your weight class, it's a really great form of fitness to get yourself in shape and have a competitive goal. Um, even jujitsu can fall in line with that, too, because, you know, you're doing all this cardio work. It is a form of resistance training because you're working against an opponent. Um, but you know, you can spar at a hundred percent because your opponent isn't going to punch you at a hundred percent. They're going to like, you know, choke, you can tap. They're going to pull you in an arm bar. You can tap, you can do all this at a hundred percent and be perfectly safe. Mm. And even at competition, it's, it's relatively, it's relatively safe as a, as a form of fitness. So yeah, you might get out of there and you might be kind of sore. Yeah. But, but chances are you're yeah. not going to break something. Yeah, yeah, you should should be should be okay-ish, right? Yeah. And you know, it's interesting with powerlifting how you know you're me- you're mentioning like health and powerlifting. They seem like almost polar opposites from from where I came from. You know, if anybody's watched uh, the West Side uh, versus the World movie, uh, you know, you'd have a good sense of like the way powerlifting used to be. And there's a lot of unhealthy practices, and there's a lot of overusage of PEDs, and a lot of overeating and just not just poor nutrition, poor sleep. Um, it's just uh, it's just general lack of knowledge on what those other things, uh, what those other aspects of your life lifestyle can do for you uh, when you step foot on the platform, you know, mm. sleeping better and eating better um, and just living better and being just cleaner with everything could really help. And there's been guys who have practiced it. There's, there's been guys who have done it and done it at a high level and were able to get away from the sport and still be healthy. 
Um, but a lot of them were, you know, just kind of overdoing it. But the, you're you're 100 correct. Powerlifting can be done very healthy, and furthermore, you can. I mean, there's there's so many different ways to train, but you can go in the gym and you can do uh, you can train very slowly, right? You can yeah. do tempo work. You can do five by fives with tempo work and improve for a competition. What other sport can you train slowly for? You can't really train slowly for tennis or golf or jujitsu. I mean, I'm sure like in jujitsu we have, you got drills and you got certain things like we're going to agree, like we're going 50%. We're going slow. Mm -hmm. Mark, no, you're, you're still messing that up, dude. No, it's this way. Yeah. And, and we're going to walk through it slowly. Right. And then we're going to go through faster paces. But in powerlifting, you, you can kind of, there's so many different variations of how you can lift the style of lifting that you can do. You can do speed stuff and you can really, you know, sometimes wear out your joints really quickly. Yeah. Um, or you can choose to go a slower route or you can, there's so many different options. But I think when we had James Fitzgerald on the podcast the other day, we we're kind of talking about trying to, how do we ride that line, you know, between we need to push really far. Um, and we obviously need to push far enough so that we learn where to hold back on Mm because if you never push far enough you'll never even learn where your limit is so you do have to go to a limit or at least scratch it or get close to it but in my opinion and and i actually have never done this because i'm not smart enough and i love to like just go nuts you can do a lot of five by five stuff you can do a lot of four sets of six and and sets of three and even sets of one that are done at an expression well i have done this before you can do uh heavy singles that are expressed in a way where someone goes, holy crap, dude, that looked really easy. And you're like, yeah, that's my opener, my second attempt in the meet. And they're like, really? Wow, you should use a lot more weight. But that's, powerlifting can be done that way. And not only can it be done that way, it should be done that way. Yeah. No, a lot of people are already doing it. That, like, that's just sub-maximal Nowadays, training. you're seeing now, more, yeah. Nowadays, yeah. Like, you can gain a lot of, like, you can gain strength actually forever with sub-maximal training without always having to touch your max. But mistake that even I made was I was like touching heavy singles. You get too <laughs> you know? excited. It's you too get fun. too excited. You're like, I feel great. Today. I want seven plates, <laughs> you know? So it's, it's, a, it's really, you can, I don't know why you wouldn't be able to do powerlifting in a healthy way. It How do you be. control that with your uh, clients? Do they, they probably get real, they probably get real antsy and you're like, look, man, I, I know this sounds weird, but we're not going to go over 400 pounds and, and you're going to pull 550. And they're like, you know, and maybe they do go a little, a little heavier, yeah. like for one lift at one particular time. Yeah. And they're like, ah, you know, but mm-hmm. it's the assistance exercises. It's, it's how you're doing the deadlifts. It's also, maybe you're having them doing, uh, you know, sumo deadlifts with a, uh, a slight pause as they lift the weight up off the ground. Right. Yeah. So there's like, there's pause deadlifts, there's yeah. deadlifts with controlled eccentrics. But the big thing is that when I program for literally everybody, I program with percentages, but I also use RPE. You know what RPE is, right? Yeah. Perceived exertion. So I don't like. So you have two gauges, basically. Two you have gauges. a percentage of 80%, but I also want to know what did that 80% feel like? Did it feel like a seven, eight, nine, or 10? Because yeah. I want it to feel like a seven. And if it's feeling like a nine, we got a problem. Lower right? the load. Exactly. So, like, for example, it could be like a five or four by five at 80%. And I want that to be at. RPE eight every single set, it's like right? Rate of perceived rate of perceived exertion, right? Right. That means you have about two reps, maybe three reps left in the tank. Um, if they get to their first set of what I programmed, and they're like, "Oh God, this was a 10, then they just lower the load by ten or fifteen pounds. So it's at that RPE. Like I'll expect it to be what I put in terms of percentages, but if it's not, 
follow the RPE and lower the load. Or if you're feeling really good and it was below the RPE, increase the load above what I gave you. But that's why I don't like pure RPE training, especially for like newer athletes, because like there's going to be a guy that's going to put weight on his back and they'll squat. They're like, oh, this was a six. But it was like, you know, that was a 10. That means you can't do anymore. You got to stop there. Um, and, and that's just a really easy way of gauging yourself each day. If you know, if you do a load, let's say your typical deadlift max is 450, 450 pounds, right? But you do 430 on the day and it feels like a ton of bricks. Just lower the load a little bit. It's okay. You're just not feeling it on that day. And that's how you continue to make sure that you're training submaximally because certain days you can really push it and certain days you just got to back off. But the tendency of like every athlete is to want to push it hard every single day. Oh, how'd that feel? It felt great. (laughs) Mark, how'd that last lift feel? Felt great. Like, well, it looked like you were going to die. You turned like purple and black and like we were all very concerned about you and you looked like you're going to die a couple times. Your knees were shaking. That's <laughs> yeah. not normal for your knees to shake during a right. squat. Yeah, so since when? <laughs> since Hold when? Hold on. I'm just working really hard, bro. Yeah. You don't know. But yeah, that happened this morning. I had a weight. Uh, we were doing floor presses. Uh-huh. And I just like every, well, I say every, I don't know. I'm pretty stupid so but uh i did a very r- big rookie mistake and i jumped too much and i'm like no i did fine and mark's like that needs to go down I'm like okay <laughs> my bad <laughs> it's that ego check man sometimes like sometimes you just gotta lower whatever you're doing yeah and to his point you know he did so he went up to 225 he did 225 for three reps which Floor is great. presses which is great because he, you know, recently he's knocked out a 225 uh, on a regular bench for a set of three, which is a huge PR. So congratulations yeah. on that. Making gains. Making them gains. Yeah. I guess we're going to get into Sarmageddon here in a second. Which yeah. Is which well, yeah. If, so if people are following, then, then yeah, mm-hmm. they know so far it's been successful because mm-hmm. that was actually when I started the whole thing, that was one of the. Uh, that was a big goal. Yeah. I mean, 225. Because in my opinion, like, because I've hit it, you know, I've hit it. Um, I don't know, like probably two, three times, period. And then so did... I think he should give us a speech. Would you like to start out thanking your mom and dad first? And then... (laughs) I mean, yeah, I guess I could potentially... I'd like to thank the Academy and uh, executive (laughs) producer and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't forget about the writers and all that. But no, so I had said, like, if I can rep 225, in my opinion, repping would be at least three. Yeah. Triple. Because I feel like a double would be a double. Triple Mm -hmm. can still be called a triple, but, you know... so but yeah I, I had just hit that so huge spoiler alert but yeah that's yeah. <laughs> successful we're not going to spoil how much you weigh though we're going to keep that for later yeah that's um, he weighs 700 pounds by the way <laughs> Mark sorry killing the series right now <laughs> um yeah so oh, he man. anyway so he hit this weight I mean he he did he did the lift and he could have done another set and he maybe could have even uh add a little bit of weight like it looked like you had a little bit of little little left in the tank there mm-hmm. But no, it makes more sense. Like, hey, let's let's go down and let's do this the right way. It's a floor press and you're mm-hmm. supposed to kind of, you know, uh, drop the triceps onto the ground, hold it for a half second or so and press it back up. So let's, you know, let's always make sure we're doing the exercises the right way. Same thing with when you're deadlifting, you know, your coach, if they just send out 85% to you and your 85% is a totally different perception of what the coach might have in mind. Maybe you don't have video of it or um, or maybe you do have video of it. And the video is not always an accurate account of how shaky and how shitty your lift actually looked or yeah. felt. Um, and if you don't really, if not really analyzing the lift, then it's really going to be tough to make progress because the lift, 
in my opinion, your lift should be done pretty much uh, for the large majority of the time. Let's say you're training for 16 weeks for a competition. Out of the 16 weeks, how many lifts should be broken? Maybe like two or three. Like you, you might have a miss or two. You might miss a rep mm -hmm. because you went into the set like too quick or uh, it could be a technique flaw. There could be a lot of things. But how many lifts should you miss? How many lifts should you do with a rounded back? I mean, I, I would pile them all up and say like, I would allow you about five, you know, and I and I really don't, I would not like to see those five happen. But like, I'm going to give you like a mulligan, you know, like they yeah. call it mm -hmm. like a do over, you know, yeah. and I give you those five. So you got a little wiggle room. And obviously with a newer lifter, if somebody's new and they haven't really done a five by five in a squat with 225 ever before they might not be used to the pace they might so you know someone who's newer might have more room for error but for the most part it's like man we don't want a lot of broken lifts we we don't and it's it just takes time and, and patience towards that i think if you're a newer lifter it's really good to just have the outlook of first off yeah i don't want to fail any of my lifts um but also don't rush yourself. And that's really hard to say because you see so many people that are so strong. Uh, but if you just give yourself just the time to get stronger and handle lifts that there's times where it'll be uncomfortable, but for the most part, where like you're not shaking, your form isn't breaking down, your, your form looks good on every single rep and every single set, you'll be able to make progress consistently over time. It's just that doesn't sound exciting. No, it's not no. sexy. It's it's not at all. No, yeah, and I think for me the uh, the floor presses. I just have I haven't done them in so long, so it, my last set was I mean, last set best set, but it was definitely like everything was on point at by then. Unfortunately, it just took me like five sets to get there because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just not used to it. Yeah. Andrew and I were also talking today about diet, you know, and again we're mm -hmm. talking about you know changing goals and shifting gears and try and trying something different. So. uh you might have a goal to get to a certain body weight. You know, I, I want to weigh this body weight. Well, you start to get towards that body weight and now you, you, you always want to think of an exit strategy. You know, it's, it's very similar to business. You know, what's, what's your business going to look like in five years? Where are you going to be in five years? Something that I, you know, teach a lot of people. I, I get a lot of messages from people that are upset, depressed. Um, they're pissed off at themselves that they're not making the progress that they want. they, feel like they can't figure it out. They feel very stuck. And uh, what I always say to people is like, let's, you know, let's, first of all, let's, let's take it, take a deep breath here for a second. Let's slow things down for a second. And let's look at where you were like two years ago. You know, are you further ahead or further behind? <clears throat> if you're further ahead than where you were two years ago, then congratulations. You should give yourself a pat on the back. That's great because we can continue that trend and we can continue and maybe your progress has been slow and maybe we can figure out ways of speeding it up. Mm -hmm. If you've been going backwards, if you ended up, you know, drinking and ended up getting in real depression and ended up gaining weight and you went backwards, let's just identify that and let's not kick ourselves while we're down. Let's just say, Hey, look, man, I, I messed up. I made some mistakes. I'm not happy. I'm not proud about it. Let's file it away and let's figure out what are some things that can kind of get us back on track. And then you have to start to kind of align, you know, some of your habits and some of your thoughts towards some of your goals. We talked earlier about Michael Hearn being able to block out some of that negative. And you want to start to think about what am I, so what I'm currently doing, if I can, if we can agree upon the fact that you're not happy because you're not any further ahead than you were two years ago, or you're even further behind than you were two years ago, then we can both agree upon the fact that it sounds like 
the current things that you're doing and working on are not working well for you. This is not working. You're in a bad relationship. You you have a bad relationship with food. You're drinking too much. Whatever the thing is, there's something there. Something's blocking you. Something's stopping you. Could even just be your own negative thoughts about yourself, or it could be your job. It could be literally anything. It could be your parents. It could you know? There's a lot of things that kind of cock block us from getting <laughs> getting what us getting what we want, right? And so. Yeah. Then we start to agree and we start to now have a conversation. Okay, well, let's try to change some things. Let's, mm -hmm. let's set a goal. And then you start to set a goal and it's like goals can be a real trap because if we get Andrew to rep 225 and he thinks he's at the mountaintop with 225 for reps, right? It's like, well, now he needs to change his goals. He needs to start to kind of focus in on something else. So Andrew's trying to achieve a certain body weight. Then we talked to about, you know, how he can kind of tighten things up as well, gave him some recommendations, and now he's going to try to follow that path for a little while. But the entire time that you've been uh, lifting with me and, and doing some stuff even on your own over the last, what, year has it been? Yeah. I mean, it's about every every month, every two months, we're kind of reintroducing or, or, or bringing in something totally new diet-wise, right? Yeah. Yeah, because what Mark had told me essentially early on was like, okay, you're, you're getting some momentum. You're getting some compliments. Like, dude, whoa, what's, what's going on here? He's like, when those start fading away, we'll, we'll tweak it. And that's what we've been doing over the past year. And, I mean, recently it's been like, well, what the hell are you doing? But, <laughs> you know, so, yeah, it's been, I mean, I, we've gone through so many different types of diets too, not just like one thing or the other. We did carnivore, we did, you know, vertical, a um, little bit little bit more like high carb, high protein bodybuilder type diets. And, yeah. I mean, I have my favorites and, but like Mark knows, I also get really tired of food too. Mm -hmm. So he's like, yeah, you're looking a little sad. Let's change it up. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that it's a really uh, huge benefit for me to be here. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I was, uh, th there's this client that I had that messaged me the other day. He, we just started and he's trying to drop weight. And his first week he dropped two pounds. He said, I only dropped two pounds. <laughs> and I think he, someone on the podcast mentioned something like that mm -hmm. the other day too. And I just laughed because it's like when, when you're looking at that and it's like, you have this goal, this big goal of like losing this amount of weight or gaining this amount of muscle or gaining this amount of strength, you know, even if you're inching forward slowly, it's never good enough. I think, uh, I think Tony Robbins, I don't know if it was originally from him, but I, I heard this quote from him like I think last week. Mm -hmm. A lot of people overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in 10. You know, so this hypothetical person that you're talking about. I like that's, that. That's great. That's a great quote. Seriously, it is. Because like if, if we think about so many people that are wanting to lose weight and let's say their their first, what, eight months, they drop, let's say it's only 15 pounds. They drop 15 pounds. You know, that's 15 pounds lighter than you were like earlier this year, that's a big win. It might not be as much as you wanted, but it's still a lot. Now we can just keep improving. I think, you know, we do want to have these mini goals, but if we don't hit those goals, but we still got close and we were still heading there, that's a massive win. Like that is an insane win. And we don't really, I don't think even myself, sometimes I don't give myself credit for some of the small wins I may have because it's not where I want to be, <laughs> but it's still better than I was before, you know? So, like, you're much stronger than you were before. Like, did you think you'd be this strong at this point right now? No. Last year? No. Yeah. You know, I, I said it in uh, a video that has yet to surface, but I, I will definitely hit all these milestones with or without SARMs. However, being able to do it, like, in such a short time, mm -hmm. so like, whoa. Like, yeah. that's been huge. You know, also, too, like, just picture, <clears throat> we'll get into the SARMs a little bit here. <laughs> 
just just picture if somebody gave you a pill, right? And said, these pills are going to make you bigger. And along with these pills, making it bigger and stronger, uh, I'd like you to start to, you know, really concentrate on that throughout the rest of everything you're doing, your training, your, your sleep. I want you to take everything, take the pill, but also take the pill that makes you make the right decision, you know, yeah. along with it, you know, swallow <laughs> that too. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, well, it, it, that that's, so the SARMs clearly they're doing something. I mean, we, I, Tony Huge, I think he uh, had a lot of great information on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lady Boys was was one of the, my favorite parts of it, actually. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he had a lot of great information. He shared a lot of things. I, I believe they're fairly factual. I believe I believe these things do work. I believe they do uh, They do have a reaction in the body. I do, do believe they can make you stronger. I do believe they can... Uh, help you gain some weight, you know, and help you mm-hmm. lift some more weight. And I'm, I'm kind of, I'm seeing that from you, but I don't think it's just that. I think, I think you're probably getting 50% from them and you're probably getting the other 50% from your effort and from your lifestyle and from being, you know, being adapted to a lot of these things for almost close to a year. You now have the mindset. You're, you're no longer the scrawny kid that, that maybe, uh, felt counted out or, or counted yourself out even now you're like, no, you know what? I can do this. Like I lift with Mark all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and even if Mark isn't here, I can do that too. I think that was a huge progression for you too. Yeah. You know, lifting with me, I think helped you, but being, having me kind of teach you, I'm like, Hey, look, you know, even if I'm not here, you need to make sure that you're not taking these jumps cause you're going to get hurt. You're going to get jacked up. And then even when you went off on your own, you were, you were awesome with it and you were consistent with it and you knew like, Hey, I can't be messing around. I, and you were even uh, antsy about it. You're like, man, these guys worked out too slow. <laughs> yeah. I you mean, were telling me about that. I thought that was great. Yeah. So the funny thing was, I was uh, I was talking to Mark about like, like man, like I don't know these warm ups. They're they're really long, and you know, like the the way the setup is, like we have to have like 18 guys on one bench, and it's like, dude, it's like you know, 15 hours later. All right, cool, second set. And, you know, I, I laid out all these excuses and he's just like, well, the answer is 4 a.m. I'll see you tomorrow. It's like, <laughs> yeah. ah, all right, I got nothing. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, like, so today uh, we, we benched with uh, Tom and Jay and old me would have looked at them and been like, oh, well, Tom's been training a long time. Jay's bigger. So uh, they're, they're going to bench more than me. I'm going to have to pull weight off the bar as soon mm-hmm. as it's my turn. I ended up matching uh, on one of the one of the uh, accessory movements, but I ended up matching everything they did, and then even hit more reps. Yeah, and that's just because I'm like, I know I got this. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no question about it. Like, I wanted to do more, but you know, luckily Mark's there to be like, all right, and let's move on. But he's he's totally right. Like training with him, like literally training, like it was training. <laughs> yeah, you know, I had my training wheels with Mark. <laughs> And then when he let me out on, on my own, there were days where, you know, Smokey's like, no, you need to go up. I'm like, okay, Smokey's telling me to go up. I know I need to stop. <laughs> yeah. You know what, Andrew? So, I'm, I'm curious. If you can think back, right? Mm-hmm. Like think back to a month, two months before you started, you know, the SARMs, started the SARMs. Was your habit in terms of, you know, consistent food intake, working out, was it as on point as it is now? No. No, I'm, yeah, and that that's been like a, a heavy, heavy thing in like the comments, right? They're just like, oh, well, you know, now that you're 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 doing all this, you're gonna train way harder. You're gonna, you know, everything's gonna be like intensified. I'm like, or is that a word, intensified? Yeah, it, it is. is now. Okay, it is now. <laughs> cool. And I'm like, well, well, yeah, well, no shit. I mean, I've never had eyes on me ever. Yeah. So you think I'm just gonna sit here and like, mm-hmm. all right, well, I'm gonna take SARMs and go on the couch and see if they work. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Like, so no. So, um, but to answer your question, um, nothing was terrible. Like I made sure I got eight hours of sleep. I always prep my food and I would train almost every single day. So, but the difference is I want like today, Mark said we were done. I went to the GHD machine. GHR. (laughs) Sounds good. Uh, Um, and the I CrossFitters st- call it a GHD, yeah. Yeah, so I went to that Those thing. Those bastards. <laughs> <laughs> so I, don't, I, I get confused. I don't know what the hell it's called. It's a called. glute ham race. It's GHR. What's the they D? Call it, uh, the GHD. Yeah, what is the glute D? Glute ham dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who, who put the D in glute ham race? <laughs> I went on that thing yeah. after we were done because I wanted to work my abs. Mm-hmm. And so I'd hit three sets there, and then I'd come back, and Mark's picked up some dumbbells, and I'm like, yeah let's keep going yeah and so we worked out more chest stuff and he ended up showing me how to like pose and flex which mm-hmm. was really cool and i'm gonna try to keep doing that every day now too it's getting kind of it was getting a little weird to work out i ain't gonna lie you guys took your shirts off in front of the mirror and were <laughs> posing with each other well mm-hmm. yeah so he he his shirt's always off so it's, yeah it's pretty cool mm-hmm. but uh he's like here come over here and you know put your hands together and flex and I'm like, you know what? I've got a little confidence right now. I'm going to go ahead and pull my shirt <laughs> yeah, off. There we go. <laughs> and so, yeah. Uh, and somebody walked in and was like, oh, <laughs> all right, cool. <laughs> so, audience. Yeah. He, so, uh, what, you have trouble flexing your right arm, was it? Uh, yeah, my right bicep. My left one, I can get the peak really good hmm. and it's my off arm. And then, so my stronger arm, I just have a hard time like getting that, Nice peak going. Yeah, so I yeah. just kind of showed him how to kind of squeeze a dumbbell, flex with a dumbbell, and just took the dumbbell away from him, and then mm-hmm. he's kind of able to still hold the peak on that. Yeah, and then the the pectacles too. He showed yeah. me how to flex that up. It was it was a lot of fun. Remember the first time I saw that on TV as a kid was Terry Crews doing his uh, pecs. I think I was oh, like yeah. fifteen. I was like, can I? They're not yeah. moving. <laughs> when I was able to get a little bit of movement there, I think I was like seventeen. I was like, yeah. Peck so, popping. Is that Peck on like poppin'. Friday after next, I'm assuming? <laughs> I, I don't know which one. Yeah. I just I remember I saw Terry Crews on TV, <laughs> you know, making his pecs dance. And that in itself was motivating. Yeah. Shoot. You know, it's, it's an interesting thing that we don't start there. It's an interesting thing we don't start with flexing because it's like you would figure like, uh, let's say you're going to be, you wanted to be a sprinter. You figure that someone would teach you how to flex like your calves and your mm. hamstrings. But no, you just run. You know, you don't you don't learn like, I'm not saying like you need to be doing like this huge like bodybuilding course or anything, but I think some bodybuilding would be great for everybody. And even just the flexing and posing of it sounds so strange, but uh, learning how to just flex your left bicep, learning how to just flex your right pack, learning Mm -hmm. how to flex not just your quad, but to take the individual muscles that are in the quad. You got four big muscles in there trying to figure out how to make each one kind of move around. Yeah, You figure that's where we'd start with our training, but we don't. And, you know, when I was working with Andrew today, I was like, you know, you figure that this would be the first thing that we would go over, but it ends up being kind of the last. Yeah. I'm most sore from that, like five minutes of posing than I am the whole workout. <laughs> That's, I don't know why there's still somewhat of a differentiation between, I mean, I get why, but powerlifting and bodybuilding, you know what I mean? Because powerlifter, as, as a powerlifter, you should be doing all these movements to activate all of these different muscle groups. You, you, you should be doing that. That yeah. should be part of your training. There's going to be some times where that's going to be lower volume when you're getting closer to a competition. But outside of competition, you should be working all of these different muscle groups. You should be knowing how to activate them. You should They should be getting bigger. It, it doesn't make sense why there's still a, oh, that's bodybuilding training. No, that's just fucking, that's, that's powerlifting. Yeah. It should just be part of powerlifting. 
it's it, it's odd. I think sometimes, you know, when it comes to like general fitness and when it comes to powerlifting, you know, maybe kind of people are thinking like, I don't really have the muscle to like flex to really see the difference, you know? And so maybe they, maybe that's why they don't work on some of those things, but you're starting to see it more. You're starting mm-hmm. to see it more and more. Yeah. And you know, where it needs to show up more too is, um, you know, I think again, like general fitness, there's a lot of machines and things like that in the gym, but there's still not enough people that understand. Like when I run into somebody and they're like in their sixties and they lift, like we, when we had Dr. Davis here, remember how like Dr. Davis, the uh, former cardiologist. Um, anyway, he wrote some he wrote some really good books and stuff like that. We had him on the show and he was fantastic. But he was like in his sixties and he lifted. But he had a very simple routine. He's like, I go through some of the machines in the gym. And he's like, and I do sets of ten. He's like, I get a pump. I get a lot of blood in there. He goes, and I might finish off with some barbell stuff or some dumbbells or something like that. He goes, but it's pretty much the same, uh, you know, similar workout each time. And um, I was just like, I was like, you know what, man? I was like, that's great. You're doing like resistance training and you're flexing the muscles and you're, you're getting blood into the muscles. I'm like, I think, you know, in general fitness, you don't really hear that much about people kind of diving into some of that. And I'm talking about like, there's a lot of women that do like yoga and Pilates and, um, maybe they get into, you know, healthier eating and stuff, but they're not getting into kind of the the muscle building side of it, which I think is really important. And yoga can provide its own resistance and so can Pilates, but I don't think there's anything that can really match just going in a gym and getting some good resistance training in. There's still a, for some women, including my <laughs> girlfriend, there's still some fear of like getting really big. Yeah. There's still some fear of putting on too much muscle, even though that's not going to happen. You're going to have healthier joints. You're going to have an easier time moving around. You're not going to feel as much pain. You're just going to feel better altogether. And it, it it just should be a part of what people do on a daily basis. There's kind of the stigma that you're going to get too uh, too yoked. I did a uh, Metcon yesterday, by the way. Oh. Awful. Trying to get what all in shape. It? What's going on here? Uh, I did. Um, well, I just asked Kalipa to kind of throw me throw one out <laughs> to me, and he did. Uh, he gave me. Uh, it was like up downs. I'm sorry. It was uh, a push press followed by trying to do them strict for 10 to 15 reps. And uh, it, whenever you start to break down, then you drop down and do uh, 10 up-downs, which is basically an up-down is basically just a, like a squat thrust, I guess you'd say, or a burpee okay. without the jump, you know? Okay. The problem is, is I can't really do a squat thrust at the moment <laughs> because I can't like just put my hands on the ground while my feet are on the ground and then kick my feet back mm. and then kick my feet back underneath me. You know, you should be able to like do that. You should be able to have the mobility and the strength to do that but i just have to like drop down and like push my i push my whole body weight back up yeah like i snap back up you know which works out to be pretty fast timing wise it's pretty good but not very efficient for your uh you know for for how how i was uh, doing in the workout so i only use 95 pounds for the overhead press i suck at barbell overhead presses mm-hmm. so i do the overhead press and i go through a set of like 15 i was like oh wow wow okay that felt really I felt insanely light. Like this, this might, this might not be that bad. <laughs> I do one set of the up downs. <laughs> the ninety five pounds feels like two twenty five. Damn! Right away, yeah. right away, it just felt like somebody put bands on it or chains on it or something. It's like holy shit! That recovery needs work. <laughs> oh my god, needs a lot of work. <laughs> and so what's what's amazing is like uh, what I felt. You know, my wind felt pretty good. My chest and stuff. My breathing felt good. But I was still trying to pace myself because I'm like, I don't ever do any of this. So I was just trying to recover whatever way I could. But my my muscles were like blown up. 
Like they just, they just, I couldn't like, I couldn't go any further. So I had to like stop a few times and wait. And I did this, did this uh, thing for a, a progression of uh, four rounds and then I timed it and uh, I ended up doing it in like six minutes or something, which something like that for a good athlete should probably take like three minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was just like, oh man, I was like, that's pretty crappy. And then my reps started going down. I started only being able to do six of each one. But, yeah. you know, I just, I take that kind of thing as like, this is a starting point. I have never, I have never done that particular workout. Uh, amount of CrossFit workouts for me uh, has been really low. I haven't done many of them, so I was like, and I've done some of them where I can do actually pretty good. Some of the stuff that Jason's prescribed in the past, um, you know, I was able to get through them pretty good. But I was like, well, this is clearly a weakness. This is something I could, I could work on and really benefit from. And then today when we were benching, I was like, man, my shoulders are fried. <laughs> And I was like, oh, shit, it was that damn Metcon I did yeah. yesterday. You know, it's great that you're actually... Uh, you're, six minutes, though, by the way. Just six-minute yeah. workout. Like, that's awesome, you know? Yeah. You're doing something you're not good at in terms of lifting. Like, you're yeah. not just sticking to a bench, a squat, or a deadlift, or some of these other movements. You're doing a segment of movements that you're not good at, and you're looking to progress at that. And a lot of people, after we get a handle on what we what we like and what we're good at, we don't step out of that. Stay there forever. You just stay stagnant in that. You don't... You don't progress in any other direction than just getting a little bit better at these specific things over time. So that's huge. That's Next why is I, want, I know, I know. And we're still, we're still getting to that. We're still getting to that. I'm still working on that process, but it, I didn't want to talk about it anymore because I'm not making it happen yet. So we'll move on to the next. Topic. <laughs> there you go. So what was it like over, over the pond? It was amazing. Yeah. Traveling overseas was really cool. It's always, um, it's always awesome to, uh, anytime I get, a chance to travel with my wife and hang out with her. We didn't bring the kids on this trip, so that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, the it, what's what's so much fun with her is like is is the progression of um, the relationship, but the progression of uh, of where we are where we are financially and how we can uh, really just feel good about it. Just makes you feel good. You know, there's no other way to really put it, but. We, we talked a lot about how happy we used to be, like, even just to go out, period. Mm-hmm. Like, just to go out to eat, period. We were pumped. And we were like, but, you know, we did it, like, once every other week. Yeah. Or maybe even once a month because, like, we just didn't have the money to do that kind of thing. Plus, we lived in Los Angeles. Things were a little bit more expensive. And we were like, yeah. You know, and it's a little harder to get around in Los Angeles stuff, traffic-wise and things mm-hmm. like that. And we just appreciate it so much that we're able to go out, you know, differently. And we still have a certain, um, like, neither one of us, like, grew up rich or anything. So we we still have a certain flavor and a certain taste for certain things. And so sometimes we end up at, like, these really wild, over-the-top restaurants and we're, like, we're laughing about it. Like, yeah. this is, like, way too, you know, it's way overkill. We don't even know what we're ordering, you know. We don't even know what we're getting, you uh-huh. know getting some weird thing that's like duck fat from, you know, <laughs> from some exclusive place and wherever the hell they're flying it in from or whatever. Um, but it's fun. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just fun. And we've been together. It's going to be uh, 19 years of marriage in August and it's more fun to hang out with her now than it's ever been. So it's, it's, I, you know, I think because the kids are older, you know, that, that helps a lot. There's still stresses with the children, obviously all the time. That's just part of being a parent. It's just mm-hmm. part of having them attached to your hip forever. But um, it's different. It's different when they're really young and they they don't you know they're not listening to you or they're 
they're off, like breaking something or whatever, you know, it's just more frustrating uh, those times. So from that perspective, it was really good. And then from a business perspective, it was great too. I got to go to Body Power. The Body Power Expo is uh, one of the bigger expos they have over there. And uh, yeah. it was in uh, Birmingham. There ain't shit to do in Birmingham, so we stayed in <laughs> we stayed in London. Birmingham is like it's kind of like industrial almost. It's gray. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. The well, that's pretty much yeah. All of England, it just rains all the time, pretty much. Yeah. Um, another funny thing too was uh, how hard it was to understand everybody. <laughs> what do you mean, like the, just the accents? Because they're speaking English, right? Oh man, <laughs> the accents, yeah, the accents were thick, but a lot of Scottish people there and a lot of Irish people there as well, and you know, good luck trying to understand them. Holy shit, is it hard? And and like someone's oh, blaring music across from us, you know, right. some douchebag company uh, <laughs> that had these just like super tight shirts or whatever, and uh, they're just blasting blasting music the whole time, and I, I couldn't really hear anybody, so I'm like, I feel like such an idiot. All I'm doing is like nodding my head and smiling the whole time. I can't yeah. hear what anybody's. I can't. A lot of times I can't hear what the hell anybody's saying, and I'm like, is it because I'm getting old that I can't hear, or is it just literally I cannot understand what they're saying? You know. But oh, the the pitch of, of a lot of their voices um, doesn't have a lot of bass in it right. from what I've noticed from most of the people I talked to there. Mm. Uh, and the accent, the kind of combination, I wasn't able to always pick up uh, what everybody was saying. But it, it's amazing to, uh, you know, meet these people. And, and this kid right here, he was competing. And so I'm signing the shirt that he's uh, about to wear to, uh, oh, sick. to go do his lift. But, it, it you know, each person kind of has their own story and, it, it's funny because the people will come up and they'll they'll apologize. They're like, "Oh man, I feel bad, but I'm taking up so much of your time." And there's mm -hmm. all these people waiting in line. I'm like, "No, this is your time. You know, I don't care if we talk for 90 minutes. Fuck everybody else. Yeah. You know, like you you got here, you happen to be in line, and and uh, and we're talking now. And so, um, just it, overwhelming too. You know, mm -hmm. I I don't really use that word very often, but to to go to this booth and like turn the corner and it says Mark Bell slingshot and salt, you know, and it's, this is a different company. This is our vendor yeah, uh, in the UK. And, um, they have things set up really nicely and they're all super excited and super proud of, of the, of the company and, and what they're doing. Um, and it was just, it was just great. And they, they, uh, they did a lot of work. They did a lot of work, uh, letting people know that I was going to be there and all that kind of stuff. And so what happened on the, um, so Saturday is kind of the big day. Friday is like more of an industry day where there's yeah. like more of the other companies are, are, are in there rather than like fans and stuff. And so on the second day, I was supposed to stay there until one. It got to be about 12, 1230 or so. And I was like, man, I, you know, I've gone through this line, you know, this huge line and mm -hmm. it's like never, it's never ending. And I, you know, I got here, you know, right when it started and stuff. And so, um, I was just like fizzling out and it's never good to talk to fans when you're not like in the right mode, yeah. you know, you're right frame of mind, you know, you don't yeah. want to be grumpy. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to say bye to everybody and I'm going to get out of here. And so my wife and I, we took off and, um, you know, as we're, as we're exiting, um, we run to this kid who's like rounding the corner and the kid's like hustling, you know, he's like running mm -hmm. and he's like, he's like sweating and stuff. And yeah. He's like out of breath and he's, he was wearing headphones. He put the headphones down and he just started like, he couldn't even talk. Like he tried to talk and he started like crying right away. Oh, and I mean, here's this big old kid. Look at the size of this guy. You know, That's he's like massive. Yeah. He's huge. He's like probably 21 or something like that. 
Jeez. He starts talking and kind of, you know, sharing his story with me and Andy and, uh, yeah, just got emotional and Andy started crying. He just said how inspired he was. He listens to the podcast all the time. Yeah. He sees all the content that we put out. Uh, he's been following along since, you know, he's seen bigger, stronger, faster. He's watched all the stuff we've done with Brian Shaw mm-hmm. and Ed Cohn and, and all that stuff. And he just, he just said, Hey, you know, it's had a huge impact. And he said, I want you to really know that what you're doing is working. He's like, I hear that you always say you want to make the world a better place to lift. He's like, you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit, I'm trying not to cry because he's yeah. crying and Andy's mm-hmm. crying. So I'm about ready to start going too. But I just thought it was so cool. It was it was so awesome to run into him in that way. I mean, I'm about ready to go on a train to uh, go back to, or to go on a train to basically go to Paris. So like mm-hmm. I'm out of there, out of there. Yeah. And uh, if I stayed at the booth, I wouldn't have run into him because he wouldn't have made it because he would have been like in the back of the line. I still would have left anyway. Mm-hmm. So I just thought like, man, that's just a cool twist of fate, you know? And yeah. so I, uh, posted this, he post he posted something up on me and then I, I went to post something up and I actually took down the post originally because I was like, I wanted to add something to this post. And I, then I just kind of thought about it a little bit more. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to invite this kid out here. I'm going to fly him out here to super training. And so <laughs> Dang. that's what we're doing. We're flying him out from the UK to super training. Damn. It's crazy. What's his name? His name is like Rob. Uh, Plett or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I remember I saw or his profile. Flett. He does like acting or something. Yeah. yeah, seems like a funny dude. Yeah, he's a he's a huge kid. Yeah, it's crazy. He's into some strongman stuff and some powerlifting and stuff like that. He, and Thor doesn't make him look like a baby because I've stood <laughs> next to Thor. I've stood next to Shaw, and they make me look like a child. Yeah. So this is a big dude. That's, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's, he doesn't look small. <laughs> no, it's insane. But Mark, I was actually gonna. I, I was wondering because he's massive. Have have you ever done an episode with Andy, here, or not? Like, yeah. oh yeah, 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 we've done, yeah, we've done uh, maybe one e- episode two, episode two. Because mm-hmm. I was going to say, man, it's like, I mean, obviously we know what you guys have been able to build together, but I, it'd be so interesting, especially I think a uh, man and woman in relationships would love to know like how you guys built like a shared vision to where you are now, because you're, you're over there, you know, you do this thing, you have a it's dinner. It's a shared France. vision. It's my vision. It's your vision. <laughs> okay. Your vision. But still, it's just like, it's, it's super inspiring to see like, to show you. yeah, you guys have been together for a long time, right? It's not like you guys have been together for a long time. You have a great family. You're over here having dinner in France and mm-hmm. doing all this stuff, a, a molded business. It, there has to be so much complexities there and, and there's a, an understanding in terms of just a, your dynamic to make it all work. It's, it, it'd be really cool to hear and understand, but yeah, we should bring her back on the show for sure. Yeah. yeah. We, there's a, there's definitely a lot, there's a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing is, is that, you know, for the most part, she is like, I guess the protector of like the brand and she's the protector of me. So like whenever I, you know, I, I run into all kinds of, different situations where I might have opportunity to do something. And, you know, before I can even finish my sentence, she is always just like, no, not doing that. (laughs) And, you know, like sometimes it's something I might really want to do or, you know, I'm, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I like to, I don't like to say no. Yeah. I don't really like, I don't really like to say no. And so, you know, I, I, I'll go to her and ask her and and I'll say, well, I, a person seems pretty cool. I don't know. You know, and she's like, no, like, yeah, you, don't. <laughs> you know, so she's so kind of protective. Yeah. She's protective of all that stuff. And then she's also, um, you know, she's also going to be the one 
that's thinking of the finances. You know, she'll think of she'll think of some resistance and some finances. Not like that's where her mind goes right away, like automatically to block everything. But if I like, uh, for example, with the new space that we get, I want to build out a studio in there um, where we could do all. I'll explain some other time where we can do all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, and so she's all for it, you know, and then she just processes it. And then the next day she's like, we need to talk about it further because we need to kind of like think about, you know, what how crazy do you want this setup to be and what is it going to look like and um, you know how much are we going to like put into it and how, and what can we get out of it? So yeah. she's always kind of thinking of a lot of that stuff, a lot of like checks and balances, pros and cons. Her main thing is like, how does this help? How does this hurt? Mm-hmm. You know, we've, we've been working in here um, on a, on a new slingshot and uh, the new slingshot allows you to handle a lot more weight, but it doesn't look like we're going to make it for the masses. Cause I'm like the, uh, what this could do from a negative perspective far outweighs the positive. I do not want people to get hurt. Mm. You know, I, I, the product is designed uh, to avoid injury. The product's designed to allow you to train through injury. And as you start to make something more and more powerful, even the mad dog slingshot, it can be fairly dangerous to somebody who's uh, not advanced. This product is so strong that it's going to pull your elbows in. I've seen people snap their arms in, um, in bench shirts before because the mm. bench shirt pulls their elbows in. So my worry is that, you know, somebody like me would order it and be like, Oh yeah, I'm going to use it. But then I share it with my buddy when we're working out and then he's sna- like, I don't want people to get hurt. So she's like, she, she's quick to, to make the call, you know? So I'll say, you know, I just, it just doesn't feel right. And boom, right away. She's like, Nope, no reason to make it. Okay. Next thing. Yeah. You know, she's like on to mm-hmm. the next thing. She, yeah. And, and I have like emotional attachment to stuff because like here I was like working on this thing for a while, you know? And so she's able just to kind of compartmentalize it and be like, no, nah, that ain't for us. So let's not do it. Yeah. When uh, we were talking a couple months ago about having like regular, regular like uh, scheduled seminars here at Super Training, you know, like, okay, like this weekend or not this weekend, but uh, a couple of weeks from now, we're going to have one for squats, I think, right? Like a squat seminar. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So like specific things. And so like I told Andy, like in the group meeting, she's like, we should do a business one and you should be one of the main hosts. And she like kind of laughed it off. But like I was being totally serious and she yeah. thought that it could have been a, like a, a joke. But I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I think maybe if Mark can like kind of <laughs> put that, you know, in her head or something to be like, hey, people would actually be interested in this. Uh, should I would. I know, right? <laughs> I know like having having her and Mark together, like talking business would be huge. Yeah. People people really do need to hear from more women when it comes yeah. to that kind of stuff, I, I believe. Um, and I'm just from more people in general. But like when I went to that leadership uh, thing down in San Diego, mm-hmm. there was um, there was a few women that spoke and the perspective from the other side was great. Like they were actually like two of my favorite speakers. Um, I think there was maybe another woman or two in there, but two of my favorite speakers were both women, you know, and it's, it's just a different perspective. They just have a different point of view. And um, amazing too, that I think in both cases, I think both women have kids too. So I'm like, how did they man? Like, yeah. I mean, you don't, you don't just like, you don't just like have a kid, you know, like (laughs) it's this big process of being pregnant. And then, you know, there's, there's, there's a long period of time where you're, that you and that kid are, are pretty attached, especially Mm -hmm. as a mom. So I'm like, how the hell did they, uh, figure some of that out? But yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of women that could 
uh, gain more from hearing from more women. I think the same thing with fitness, same thing with training. Like a lot of times the men are the quote unquote experts and there's not an, there's not enough, uh, material expert women and we're starting to see more. So that's, oh, yeah. that's the good news. There's starting to be more people like, uh, Steph Cohen who are, who are out there like teaching people. And, and hopefully, hopefully we continue to see more cause it's, it's always, it's harder to relate sometimes to the opposite sex. And so hopefully we'll see more of that. Yeah. I think, uh, who's coming tomorrow or who do we talk to tomorrow? Are we talking about that or no? Oh, we're talking tomorrow. Yeah. We're talking to yeah. Meg squats, Meg squats. I just yeah. didn't want to put yeah, it out yeah. there. Meg squats. Yeah. yeah. It won't be live, so it might not get posted tomorrow, but yeah. that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, June 8th, we're having a seminar here and it was originally supposed to be a squat seminar, but it's a, it's the first, this is our first second Saturday. Um, uh, this is our first second Saturday seminar. We're going to do several of them throughout the year. And this one has none other than Charles glass, which I'm so, yeah, so excited to have him here. He's just the godfather of bodybuilding himself. He's going to be instructing the seminar. He's going to be instructing the seminar. Oh, Y'all better get out. I don't know who's going to be able to come, but I'm going to be at that one. That's (laughs) insane. We might be able to save a spot for you. We'll see. Uh, Okay. I'll it's just... uh June it's gonna be June eighth. It's here at Super Training Gym. Um and it's from uh twelve PM to two PM. Pro- it'll probably run long because mm-hmm. I have a tendency to talk and Charles talks pretty fast, so I don't know, you know, from his point of view how, how long he'll talk. Um if you want more information on it, just go to the Super Training Gym Instagram and you can see some information on it there. I don't know how you sign up or anything, but yeah. Come check it out. You'll, yeah. You're going to enjoy it. If people want to go, they'll figure it out. They'll fake. They'll figure <laughs> yeah. it out. They'll yeah, get yeah. It figured out. But uh, yeah, I'd love to have Andy on the show again. So mm-hmm. we'll uh, we'll bring her in here yeah. soon enough. Oh yeah. And I think on a recent podcast, someone had asked you about kids or possibly having more kids. I think it was uh, Fitzgerald. But you guys kind of had a, a a new addition to the family, right? Yeah. We, we haven't pop- talked about. Yeah, we popped pop- out a dog. <laughs> What's that been like? And why it's, so small, by the way? Because it's so damn cute. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this big. Bro. Yeah. Um, so Quinn has been like, uh, Jake has always liked dogs and he's yeah. always wanted one. Um, I'm pretty uncomfortable with animals. So I, I was like cool with him not having one, you know, because, <laughs> you know, Quinn was way too scared of them. And she was like definitely afraid of them. You know, she just, I don't know. She always thought they were going to do something to her. I used to have to pick her up all the time when she was little and we'd walk down the street and there'd be a dog. Didn't matter how cute or big or small or whatever the thing was. She was always terrified, you know? And so, um, it was never really an option. It was never really a conversation. But then Quinn started getting used to some of her friends' dogs and stuff like that. Oh, there she is. There's uh, Daisy. So Quinn started getting used to some, uh, some of her friends' dogs and stuff like that. This dog is ridiculous. It's so, it's so silly. It's insane. Um, and, uh, so Andy started kind of looking into these, uh, they're called the teacup Maltese, right? Yeah. So she's showing me these Instagram clips of these, of these teacup Maltese. And she goes, look who follows this. Look who follows this teacup Maltese. And sure enough, it's the natty professor. (laughs) 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 And I was like, that's so hilarious. I'm like, that's awesome. So she's showing me all these pictures of of these uh, dogs and stuff. And then it was like a week or two later, she's like, here's our dog. And I was like, I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, this is the one that we're going to get. 
And I was like, well, how do you get it? Like, and where does it come from? And she's like, they come, it comes from China. I'm like, Wait, oh no, is the dog going to understand us? If it is, if it, you know, is it going to, is it going to speak Chinese, you know? But, uh, yeah. So the dog, it came, it came from, uh, came from China and, uh, we've had the dog for almost two months now. Yeah. And the dog, the crazy thing is, is, you know, it wasn't like, uh, I mean, it's, it's, I guess it's still like a puppy, but it wasn't like a tiny, tiny puppy. Like in the pictures, it was like a little, little bit bigger, but it's still tiny. I mean, mm-hmm. the thing only weighs like four or five pounds. Something like that. It's really, really little. Um, but the strength increase from the first day that we had it till now yeah. and how quick it is. And it's insane. Cause like, I was like, Oh, it's kind of cool. Like, you know, if I, if I want to have the dog on the couch with me, I can, but the dog can't jump up on the couch. And then sure enough, like a month later, there she she's is jumping on the couch, jumping on the couch. How much bigger is she going to get? Cause she's that's like, it. what? Like, oh, that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's she, crazy. Yeah, she's right about there. I mean, I, you know, I imagine maybe she'll gain a pound or something, yeah. you know, but, but, uh, honestly, it's the funniest thing seeing you yeah. <laughs> and this tiny little dog. You would not expect that, but, uh, I it's guess a cute, it works. it's a cute little sucker, you know? And, um, it's just, it's just like a normal dog. I didn't know how it would be because yeah. I thought it would be like, uh, I don't know. I just, I just assumed because it's so small that maybe it wouldn't be as smart as a regular dog yeah, or yeah. whatever. Maybe it didn't have the same size brain or, or uh-huh. something, but I thought maybe it'd be like more like a cat or something, but I mean, it's a regular dog. You come in the house <laughs> yeah. and it comes flying up yeah. to you, but you know, you're almost tripping over it all the time because it's always Oof. hovering around your feet. And then she has these, uh, bursts of energy, uh, you know, kind of throughout the day where she wants to like attack your feet and all kinds of crazy <laughs> shit like that. I got to ask you, why do animals make you uncomfortable? And like, is, is there like a story to that or they're just like, you just, you know, no, there's not a, not a particular story. I just, um, I don't know. I just always like, I've always been kind of uneasy around them. And then yeah. once you're on, e- if you're uneasy around a dog, especially kind of a bigger dog that wants to just play with you, uh-huh. they like sense it. And they like, they, they want to like play with you even more or something. I think maybe they want to show you like, Hey, there's nothing to worry about, but they want to like jump on you and shit, yep. you know? So I'm always like, ah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that thing's going to do to me. Okay. Just yeah. probably an irrational fear almost. You yeah. Know? No, I never gotten like bit or like kicked yeah. by a horse or anything weird like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I think it's it's normal. I, I've heard of it before, you know, because it's like people, you know, they just like, well, oh, when was the last time you actually had a conversation with the dog that said it wasn't going to bite you? Like you can't control it, but yeah. at the same time, I'm just like, ah, chill out, man. Yeah. Dogs are great. I love pups. Who but let the dogs out? Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> oh my God. Who let the dogs out? <laughs> I, need to, I need to learn about this. Yeah. So- while I was at, while I was in, uh, in Europe and while I was at the body power expo, um, last year, a guy worked on me. He's a, a physio. He does physical therapy stuff. And so he worked, he, he worked on, I think my elbow or something, you know? And this year when I went, I was actually hoping that I'd run into him again. Cause I'm like, man, my neck hurts. I don't know what the hell I was doing when I was sleeping or whatever, but my neck was killing me. So I was like hoping that I'd run into him. So there's kind of uh, some dead time. It was um, just a dead time during the, during the uh, expo. And sure enough, the guy comes out of nowhere and there he is, you know? And I was like, Oh sick. You know? And uh, he's like, Hey, you want to get worked on? I was like, yeah, actually I'm available now. If you want, you know, if you want to do something and he's like, sure. He's like, I'll take you with me. So I, I told the, um, some of the people that were at the slingshot booth, I said, why don't you guys come with me? And, um, one guy, uh, his name is Chris Fellows. He work he works for them and he does filming and, and photography for them and stuff like that. 
and uh, he he's been a huge fan, and he's you know he's all in on the company and everything. And so he was he was uh, he was excited to be filming and everything. He's actually getting married the next day, mm-hmm. and him and his uh, wife they tell me they're like, hey, you know, um, you know, we can only be here for today because you know, we want to be here tomorrow, but you know, we're, we're getting married. And I was like, well, well, you sound like you're bummed that you're getting married. I was like, you should be, should be totally bummed that you're getting married. But yeah, they're trying to like let me down easy. I was like, hey, yeah. you know, that's that's awesome. You're getting married. But anyway, I, I had them come with me to kind of film and get some pictures and stuff. But I also wanted them to kind of experience uh, what was about to happen because I knew we were going kind of like backstage. And last year when I back, went backstage, there was some other, you know, uh, celebrity like influencers famous people, if you will, like Mike Rashid and Simeon Panda and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so I went into this uh, green room and sure enough, I turned the corner and there's Phil Heath and there's Dana Lynn Bailey and there's Rob Bailey and there was a few others back there as well. And um, so I get worked on, there's Phil Heath. I get so freaking wide. Jacked. Yeah, he's so jacked. He's fired up too. He's fired up. If he if he hops back on stage this year, I think he'll be really hard to beat. He's pretty, pretty excited. Um, yeah, they are. Yeah. There's the Rob and Dana Lynn. And so, you know, I get worked on for a little while and, uh, we get some shots of that. And, and then I just end up talking to Rob and Dana Lynn and Phil Heath kind of in a, in a circle. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my friends that I brought in there ear to ear smiling the entire time. They just, they're huge fans of fitness. Yeah. They just couldn't believe that they were there. They were so pumped. Um, and I'm talking to Dana Lynn about she had she got robbed rhabdo mm-hmm. in her stomach from uh, uh, doing a CrossFit workout from doing sit ups, um, and I'm and Rob's you know making fun of me about my small dick truck my giant <laughs> truck that I got, <laughs> and uh, he's like hey way to kill the environment nice small dick truck you know we're just all giving each other shit just talking trash yeah Phil Heath is talking about like psilocybin mushrooms <laughs> and all kinds of crazy stuff because because he lives in Colorado and yeah. they you know so we're just but what what uh what my friends you know thought about that whole thing they were really blown away because they just were like you guys are just sitting there just having like regular conversation you know he's like i don't know what i thought yeah you know would happen if people like that were talking but he's like it gave me some insight that it's like i was like regular people i guess you know so he thought it was really cool um but as uh rob is you know making me making fun of my truck um you know, we so once once one dick story gets whipped out, then more dick stories are to come, right? And so, I mentioned horsecock. I mentioned you know how yeah. we talked about this guy horsecock on our podcast before when uh, Scott Mendelson was on the podcast. I said <laughs> I used to go to this gym, LA Lifting Club, and I I'm like Scott, I know that you used to train there. I'm like, what was the deal with the guy with the horsecock? He's like, he just had an enormous cock. <laughs> so I, I thought he had something wrong with him. He's like, no, dude, he just had a big. Well, he's like, oh, what what he had wrong with him is he had a giant dick, which is probably not a wrong thing. And uh, good problem to have. Yeah, right, right. I mean, it looked like a. Um, he, he's wearing cargo shorts, which I don't know how your dick shows through on cargo shorts. Yep, Baggy ass cargo shorts, camouflage cargo shorts. I remember it specifically. Okay. And uh, it looked like, um, what are those canisters called that everyone's walking around with? The, the, uh, like the, uh, the water things that people put the hydro, water in? Hydro flask. A hydro flask. Yeah. It looked like a hydro flask <laughs> hanging out in his cargo <laughs> shorts. And he kept asking me and my brother if we wanted a spot on the bench. And we're like, no, no, I and he was super nice too, but we we're like, oh, we're good, dude. Like, we don't, we don't want anything to do with it's got that. Got waving over your face. Yeah, and Mendelssohn was saying, Mendelssohn was saying it was so ridiculous that like, 
everybody used to make him like show people all the time. Oh, God. He's like, hey, like they would joke with the guy. The guy would compete at 275. And I'm like, you just have somebody hold on to that thing. You'll be in a 242 weight class. Yeah. <laughs> but so I'm, I'm talking about this uh, horse cock fellow to Phil Heath and Rob and Dana Lynn. And everyone's laughing and we're all having a good time and stuff. And then Phil is like, he goes, man, he goes, I've seen some shit in bodybuilding, man. He's like, it's wild. <laughs> he goes, one year, he goes, this guy, he goes, he came out, he goes, and he goes, he goes, I'm sitting there and I, he goes, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to like, I'm trying to pay attention to like other things and I'm trying to block it out, but he, his trunks are not fitting. <laughs> they're not, they don't, they don't fit in the front. He's like, you know what I mean? Like they're not, it doesn't work. He's like, he's got something giant that wants to crawl out of there. <laughs> and, and he's like, you could almost see all his stuff. And he goes, and I have seen him at competitions before. And I know that he goes out there and like, not only does he pose, but he like dances. And then he starts showing me, he's like, Phil, I'm going to like do this and I'm going to do that. And he starts doing like the splits and stuff. And Phil is like, I'm just like trying to look him in the face. And I'm like, good, bro, man. You look good. <laughs> he goes, for the next five years, he goes, this guy proceeds to do this. He goes on stage and he gets out there to who let the dogs out and dances oh, his no. ass off with his shit flopping around everywhere. <laughs> oh, God. This is, I'm guessing this. Yeah, is this, you, is, right? this is some uh, some shots, some shots of this guy. So once he told me, he told me the guy's name and stuff. And then so I ended up, I ended up looking it up. Oh, no. And then I, I sent it to well, uh, I sent it to, <laughs> yeah, I, I sent it to Phil and Phil was uh he was laughing so hard and I was like yeah man now I can't stop watching videos of this guy now I'm now I'm uh, forever stuck you know he looks like a kind of guy who'd just be like yeah just let it hang out but uh, oh god he said um he said some of these guys I, I guess it maybe it helps with the pump or something like that some of these guys will take like Cialis or something like that before mm -hmm. they go on stage. Um, to get like their muscles to pump more or something like that. He goes, so, Oh yeah. There he oh goes. Yeah. He's going, he's going all in and he goes, so, this is so good. I love the boots too. I was just gonna say. Yeah. If you're not watching this on YouTube, you're really missing out. This is a well choreographed posing routine. I think this guy's name is uh, Jesse Ferguson. I believe yeah. is the, uh, is the bodybuilder <laughs> who let the dogs out. Who, 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 and so I told Phil, I said, hey, if I ever, if you're ever about to go on stage and I hear who let the dogs out, I'll know that it's over for you, right? He goes, hell yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, my what, God. Is, is this guy still competing? He's doing the Kai hey, Green. we can only hope. I, right? He's I'm just twerking. hoping, I'm oh hoping that God. you get back into it and we see this at a show. Well, I, I was, I've been, I've been so inspired by these moves that I, the next time I compete, I'm gonna steal some of these. Yeah, Yo, it, it, this is suspect though, because I'm I'm trying my hardest not to look at his dick. It's just like <laughs> your eyes just get drawn. Yeah, down. it has its own gravitational pull. <laughs> <It> really... <laughs> That's impressive. I was just like, man, bodybuilding is crazy. So Phil Heath, the, the best part about it, he said, oh, he's just man. sitting there shaking his head, and we're we're all like dying laughing, you know. And he goes, um, he goes, you know what? I can never figure out. He goes, I don't know. <laughs> He's still, he's still dancing. Oh, this is who let the dogs out. It's when the song finally comes on. Now he's really going nuts. Oh my god! Like, but wait, there's more. I love how he just ran to the other side of the stage to like show everybody else, like, "Hey, oh check this my out!" God, <laughs> I like that he's barely flexing. <laughs> 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 
Yeah. Yeah. Has he flexed the whole time? I mean, oh God. Phil Heath is like, dude, he's like, if I was on that judging panel, he's like, I would have just passed him through. Just give him his pro card. Yeah. So you don't have to keep seeing the same routine every year. Like, oh my God. Oh. Wow. 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 That's wow. So good. It's a BBC right there. Oh my gosh. Hey, there's, there's no other way to go. You got to get that big black coffee in there. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Dude. Huh, you're really? wo- you're welcome, everybody. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. God, I just feel so confused with myself. I don't. I, I don't. Wow. Seema's about to go home and tell his girlfriend. I, like, like, I think Hold it's on. over. I got feelings for somebody else. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna go look this guy up. Uh, oh man, no, that's that's too much for me, buddy. Whole, you whole, got you, you know we gotta we gotta snap you back into reality here. You got worlds coming up. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. I do have worlds coming up. That's May thirty first. Yeah, tickets and all that stuff is all good to go, and I'm just gonna keep training until it happens. Jason's probably gonna be competing there. Chad's gonna be competing there. So I'm just gonna be focusing on my first match, and uh, ideally, ideally I can roll with him again. Think you could bones Jones the guy? Like, can you um, can you steal some of his powers and then like beat him at his own game? I remember that's what he said he did to Daniel Cormier, and I was like, man, that's cold. But that is what he did. He did have Daniel Cormier up against his cage the whole time. Took him down. Yeah, yeah took him down. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Like, to it have is. that mindset like that, he's just a freak. Mm-hmm. No, but you were talking about Bones Jones the other day, and, like, it's just crazy how, how I guess, just in control he seems every time he steps into the ring. And then you were also mentioning how he just, like, goes with how he feels. Like, he'll just maybe come out from certain practices because he knows he shouldn't do it. Um, and he, he knows how to pace himself, you know? I think I'm getting a better hang of that now. Like I used to just like when it comes to training and jujitsu, I used to just go as much as I could. Mm. But now I'm like on days where I'm feeling like I need to back off a little bit. I'm getting better at learning how to back off and I guess feel feel how I should be training for a competition. Mm. So are you curious to see if any of the other um, sorry, is it super heavy or ultra ultra heavies? If any of them start pulling guard now that. No, nah, you're not worried about it that's, at all. That's, I'm not. I'm not worried about somebody pulling guard on me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm going to pull guard regardless. But even if they do, then I'll just work on passing. Or I mean, I'll, I'll just pass. But most of the guys don't pull guard. Mm-hmm. They go for takedowns. So with that being said, um, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I have a decent guard at this point where I'm confident that it's going to be very difficult for anyone to pass once I pull. You know, nice. So uh, yeah, man, I'm nervous, but that's always a good sign. I know I've put in and I'm continuing to put in all the training that I can and all the training that I should and just got to go show it when it comes game day. Do you have it sometimes just like for, just out of the blue, just nerve, just boom, they just dump on you out of nowhere? Do you have that sometimes? <sighs> not not like all in a rush because I think about it so much like I'll go I'll, I'll go into like the sauna or whatever afterwards and I'll just like sit there for 30 minutes and I'll just think about the match and think about those guys I'm competing against. And since I've been doing that type of stuff at that, like, yeah, I am nervous still, but it doesn't, it's not something that I guess uh, shocks me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for what I'm about to go into. At least I, I hope I am, but I'm pretty sure I'm ready for what I'm about to go into. Yeah. And uh, like, what are some of the things you're, what are some of the things you're envisioning? Are you kind of walking yourself through the whole thing? Are you walking yourself like walking into the building? And then you, I imagine it's tournament style. You have multiple matches and mm-hmm. things like, are you trying to envision all that? Are you trying to envision moves or? Yeah, exactly. Well, 
moves pretty much. I envision my game because I've, I've been to the Walter Pyramid in my first year at Worlds. So I know what I know what that all looks like. I know what the day is going to look like. But I, I pretty much envision the things that I'm going to do against my opponents. Like the, there's a specific type of game that I play. I have, a, I have a lot of different transitions in certain positions. And I just imagine doing that against those guys. Like I know how big this individual is and compared to me. So I know how that feels. Um, and Chad, I mean, hopefully I get to compete against Chad too. That'd be fun. But I, I just envision what I'm going to do against these individuals with my game. Mm. And I just go over it over and over again. And the cool thing is that like some of the things that I think about when I go into training with my training partners, there are a few big guys that I roll with and I'll, I'll do the exact things that I was thinking about on the mats when I train. And that in itself is a confidence boost because now it's just like it's continuing to cement that technique. And it works really well. Like we, we, we've talked about visualization before, yeah. visualizing game day in terms of powerlifting, you know, the weights that you're going to be moving, the way you're going to movement, move it, et cetera. And it, it really does make a big difference, but um, it has to be in congruence with, you know, training. You know, you got to get that training in too. So I'm, I've been putting in what I need to put in and we'll, we'll get in there on game day. Has anything changed uh, in your training since uh, your last competition, kind of prepping for this? Or, or uh, has there been any, you know, did you recognize any particular weakness uh, in the last uh, the last uh, match that you had? And um, Or has there just been some other just weaknesses that you've been working on? Or has there been any, anything particular changed about your training? Changed about it? Uh, well, I mean, when the pinky thing happened, uh, the main thing that I do is I do a guard that requires grip here. Mm. And in training, I've had to tape these two fingers together so this finger isn't left alone. So I'm kind of gripping with these fingers. Right. So I haven't been using a lot of my my main game um, during the past, like the, the initial few weeks of this injury because I couldn't grip well with this. Uh, but after the after a few weeks where it's gotten better, like it, I feel like my grip with these three fingers has gotten better because now I've been playing my main game just with these three fingers and it's been going well. So I'm still training the way or I'm still improving upon what I was doing in terms of the game, but I'm adding a few things in. And once I'm able to take this off, I think I should be able to take this off when Worlds comes. I think it'll be feel like it'll be like taking off a cast or a restraint, <laughs> you know, just on my pinky. But it makes a big difference. So. Yeah, I've just been improving upon uh, what I've been doing in terms of my guard, uh, consistently drilling that, working with bigger opponents, and uh, I don't, I don't take breaks on on sparring sessions. That's a big thing. Like we'll have seven or eight sparring sessions, and you can rest in between, but I just don't take breaks because I want my cardio to be where it is or needs to be when tournament day comes to, and I'm confident in that also. So, cool. And then, will anything change with your lifting? You know, as you get closer, like, will you take like a, a week off of lifting or just a couple of days uh, or how will that work? I'm not going to take uh, like a week off or anything. I'm still going to come in and get some sort of training and it just won't be as intense. So it'll, it'll be like, you know, I'll, I'll still do some big movements, but it just won't be as heavy. But I'll, I still want to get blood flowing and, you know, muscles moving. I don't mm-hmm. think it's necessary to have to take take off of lifting altogether. It doesn't make that big of a difference in terms yeah. of recovery. If anything, it's just going to help me to feel better when I do have to compete. So now I'm not going to stop, but I will lighten up some of my loads. Um, and the training session will be a little bit easier than it usually is. Did you say it was like in Long Beach or something like that? SoCal. Or, so yeah, yeah, Long Beach, Long Beach. Yeah. It's and Long then, Beach. um, is your girlfriend going with you or you have teammates going with you or something like that? No, she's going to be here. Uh, I'm going to be going on my own. So yeah, that'll, I said, I'm going to be going on my own. Hell yeah. yeah. What about your coach or anybody like that? Anybody from the gym? No, I don't I don't know anyone else who's competing at Worlds this year. There were 
I think there were a few guys competed last year, but no one, no one's going to be competing this year in blue belt or any other belts other than me. I think. So yeah, just gonna I'm gonna lone wolf it. Fuck, man, we'll have to go down and see him, dude. <laughs> I, I was just thinking. I mean, if you can get me down there, I'll film, cover hey, the whole thing. Yeah, we'll see. We'll talk about that, but we'll yeah, see. but yeah. Hell yeah. That's awesome. I, I'm super excited for you, man. I, I think it's cool. Me too. Me too. Brutal. Jiu-jitsu is brutal. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we've talked about your pinky on the podcast. What What's going on with that? He uh, tried to shove it up his butt and it didn't work out. That happened. <laughs> um, luckily, it did work out. But what actually happened that night was I was rolling with somebody and um, the tendon tore in here. So there's a picture on my Instagram of like the the pinky is like stuck in this position. It's called mallet finger. It used to be that if I took this off, the pinky would revert back and it would bend and I couldn't bend it back. But now um, it's staying where it is. So now I can like bend it a little ah, bit. There you go. Yeah, I can bend it a little bit and it's not going back. And it's uh, it should be fully healed, but I still have to keep this on when I roll for now. And yeah, there it is. It, it was literally stuck in that position. I try <laughs> oh. to lift it up and it wouldn't lift up. So um, yeah, it's a little bit painful right now, but it'll it'll be where it needs to be when i compete so how has your body weight been because it it does look like you're getting leaner but you're staying a similar body weight yeah man it's uh on right now i got my dexa scan gun and apparently i'm 7.8 percent and i would have not expected to be in the single digits 93 percent full of shit (laughs) 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 i wouldn't have expected to be um this lean and this heavy like this when the last time I was close to this lean was when I was getting ready for my bodybuilding show. And I did get leaner than I am now, but I was much lighter. So that in itself is a show that, you know, even like since then I've managed to put on a good amount of muscle, but I'm also maintaining that muscle while being lean and performing really You're well. Still like on the 240 mats. or something, right? I'm too, I would just weighed myself before here. I was 247.8. Oh damn! Yeah, two forty seven point eight. So, and so I wrote on your Instagram like, "Don't lose too much weight." Yeah, I'm. I'm really not trying That's to great. get let myself get underneath two forty. I'm not going to get underneath two forty. There's no reason for that. Um, but I am really happy because, like, one of my big goals was to be able to maintain a you know a lean physique, be strong, and be able to perform at the way I want to perform. You know, because when I used this lean in the past, I felt tired and sluggish. Mm-hmm. My libido was tanked. Everything was bad. But I feel perfectly healthy right That's now. Great. And I think it's I. I think the fasting stuff has a lot to do with it. You know, there's, there's no research on it, but it really does make a difference for me personally. So yeah, it's doing well. Well, I think the fasting, you know, we've talked about it many times on the podcast, but I think the fasting has just kept you closer to cleaner foods. Not that you were eating garbage before, but you mentioned you'd snack and some things like that. I was eating some garbage. He was eating some garbage. (laughs) I was eating some garbage. Yeah. And like, I mean, I, I'd imagine I'm probably. See, so Andrew, I kind of pushed his uh, thumbs together almost there at the bottom there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wh- where? What are you talking about? Just when you're doing the uh, chest front oh. chest pose there. Yeah. I think like right now, if and I were. And you see biceps, he, he brought the forearm up mm-hmm. to the bicep. Yeah. I didn't. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of surprised still, you know, and it's just going to continue to improve as time goes by. But again, like I've mentioned this in the past, it's, I'm really just like happy and fortunate that I've had the opportunity to be able to obviously go into bodybuilding, train here in terms of powerlifting and figure out a way to balance it with, with jujitsu. You know, you got to do these without shorts next time. Without shorts on. Yeah. Just like do it like that guy. Jesse Ferguson. Yeah. Yeah. You got a Ferguson. Really short trunks. That's some wide shoulders, dude. Yeah. (laughs) 
You're off the team again. Sorry. <laughs> For fibbing. At Ensima Yang. Yeah. How do we spell yep. all that? Ensima Yang. N-S-I-M-A-I-N-Y-A-N-G. Link in the description. <laughs> Just go from there. He used to be the natty professor, but uh, something happened. and I've gotten so... No, We're going like, to have a special edition on Sarmageddon where... He lost followers once he be, once he stopped being the natty oh, professor. Oh, really? No, yeah, seriously. Like, my following started to go down after I changed my name. <laughs> wow. But it's okay. Like, I, I've gotten a lot of DMs of people like, are you not natty anymore? I'm like, no. I just changed my name, my Instagram name to my actual name. Shout you, out to you, me for this picture. You look like Dexter Jackson right there, by the way. That's all photo illusion. I don't look that way in real life. Um, let me see. I, <laughs> I, I didn't gotta, Photoshop it. I just took the image. But Yeah, but it's like at an angle. It's when wide I, angle. When I took and, it, I'm like, you look like a Street Fighter character. <laughs> look like a Kuma like about a to Kuma. just go nuts on somebody. Yeah, you do yeah. look insane right there. But you know the funny thing about like social media rules? You'll see it everywhere. If you have Natty in your name on social media... You're automatically not natty by what everybody says. Yeah. Well, I mean, because you're painting a target on your back. Exactly. So that's that's why I changed my name because I'm like, okay, I don't want everybody to just like, you know, only think about that. Mm -hmm. I want them to just take in the content and learn something from it. So I'm going to change my name to my name. Yeah. But and it's also the, I mean, if I put the natty whatever, people are just going to think like, oh, he's just upset that everyone is bigger than him. When yeah. you do it, they're just like, well, clearly he's on. Clearly he's on and he's trying to scream and act like he's not. So I just yeah. I changed it to my name so I can let go of the drama. You know? I'm happy you changed it, though, because it just seemed like it was bugging you for a little bit. It's just I, I don't want people to focus on the nattiness, yeah. even though yeah, I am. But like, I don't want you to focus. Oh, on what it. you are? <laughs> yeah. Oh, go shit. to um, <laughs> Go to Dexter Jackson's Instagram. You got to see this picture of him. You know what's funny? It's uh, my my Olympia 08 or, or Miss, I'm sorry, Mr. Olympia Mr. 08. 08. Mr. Olympia 08. This is uh, IG. Let me know which one. Uh, Jesus, yeah. To the left with the pad on. Uh, still, still fo- go, to, go down more. To the left. This one? Yep. Dexter Jackson's insane. Look at how fucking Jack. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> <laughs> well, he said that mesmerized. Yeah. Well, look at the uh, like the bicep brachialis. You know, yeah, the, man. What's in between the bicep and the tricep? Is that this guy right here? Yeah, yep. that's awesome. The development is just insane, and he's like forty-eight. I'm pretty sure. He, yeah, he might even be older than that. Yeah, he he's like the he's always the. Uh, the so listen to how listen to how funny this is. So I'm in Paris. I'm with my wife. We're in like this lounge, right? And I, I check out this picture of Dexter Jackson. I just go, fuck. I was like, he's so jacked. And I show my wife and I go, fuck, I wish I was black. And I swear <laughs> to God, I swear to God, before I was done with my sentence, she goes, yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm not even going to say uh, I, <laughs> like I totally set myself up for that. She have seen her face, though. She was so happy. She's like, yeah, I know. I was like, oh, man. She's like, that'd be great. Yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck. I wish I was black. <laughs> oh, man. Dude. <laughs> oh, look at his forearm. It looks like he's like implanted a baby in his I arm. I love that he's just chilling. That's that's a cool thing. It's yeah. like he's probably Dude. just, I don't know. He's, he just always looks like that. He does. Yeah. Freak. We got to have him on the podcast. Yeah. He'd be I mean, down. Goodness. Yeah. At least I hope he'd be. But yeah. he's, 
I mean, he like he's another one of those individuals like, oh, whatever, he's on or whatever. But he's been lifting for such a long time. Like he's still he's still been at it. He looks great. It doesn't seem <laughs> like he gets hurt, you know. Oh, man. Just looking at these pictures at Gold's and the, the people that we like either had on the podcast or just recognized. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny. I don't know. It's just yeah. weird. <laughs> Everyone should add bodybuilding into their training. That's just a, <clears throat> you should just do it. Yeah, that's one takeaway from today's podcast for sure. Hell yeah. yeah. And we're going to have Charles Glass on the podcast coming up soon. I'm super excited about that. Tomorrow will be Meg Squats, even though it might not fall in line chronologically or whatever. But we're out of here. Strength is never a weakness. Weakness is never a strength. Catch you guys later.